Welcome, hello, and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect your children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family, I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, enjoy the show. Out. Boom. What's going on, guys? Byron Rogers here for another episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle. I've got with me none other than the Mike Pannone actual in the house, man. What's up? Good to have you, brother. Good to have you. Yes, sir. Good to finally get this in. We've been chasing this thing down for a minute, you know. Yeah, both of us are pretty busy. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I kind of came, I mean, our paths crossed through Luke and a few other yeah. things like that. I've really, I remember the first time I met you at the range, we were going, me and Luke were going to go shoot and then you decided to come and join us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had, it was just, we just had some awesome talks about yeah. life combat ptsd yeah, uh, yeah. the reality of it's some real real talk going on there man. <laughs> yeah man so it's good to see that you know here's a real dude you know who would come and hang with us like that you know just drop a dime and it's trying to be man. there's no no room for faking it man yeah yeah man so that was my first contact with you um i like to start this so it's an honor having you that's, that's the main thing here, bro. thank you here. thank you thank you so you have a whole, I mean, almost like a lifetime of experience <laughs> from my perspective, you know, I'm looking at you. Uh, what would you say is a moment in your career where you were like, dude, I'm, I'm doing what I want to be doing, like a defining moment? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because I have, I mean, I have a defining, a specific defining moment was uh, an Amphib Recon School doing a, a night heel cast on a, like a 2000 meter swim. And I was, just, I was burnt. I mean, I was just, just tired, just tired to the bone just beat down from weeks and weeks and weeks of, of, of the course. Um, and I remember we're in, in a helo, we're not there, flared, exited the helicopter. And we're laying in the water. It's kind of cold. Yeah. You go underneath, like sound goes away. There's nothing. You just hear bubbles coming out of your equipment and you're coming back up to the surface. You can hear the helo pulling away and uh, you, you break the surface, man. And it's like, all of a sudden it's kind of quiet in the distance of your helicopter. You hear the safety boat, that little hum of the, of the motor safety boat. And I was hear the, like the water lapping up against your, your, your gear and stuff. And it's like, I remember thinking like, man, I dig this. Like I, I can yeah. do this the rest of my career. I can spend the rest of my career doing stuff like this. And I never turned back. I never, I, I, I was miserable. I'm in 2000 meters in the dark, smoked anyway, but I was still like, I still in its own strange way. I enjoyed it. I was like, I like doing this. I want to do this the rest of my career. And that's all I ever did. That's awesome, man. I just, and it's, I mean, it's one of those moments where like, you know, the water levels rising, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the, the pressure is kind of rising. Mm-hmm. Some people are sitting there just like, what am I doing? Why am I here? That's true, man. It's, you're, you're, you're straight up on that. It's like some dudes are like, man, I don't, man, I wonder why I'm doing this. They're in their mind. They're trying to find a reason yeah. to, to, to stop doing it because it's uncomfortable. And it's like, 
you're, you're looking to find a reason to succeed or you're looking to try and find a reason to fail. Like one or the other, pick one, but you're going in one direction. If you're not trying to succeed, then whether or not you'll admit it to yourself, you're trying to fail. So it's yeah. like, I remember look, like, I want to make it through all this because I want to do this all the time. I want this to be my lifestyle. And then I never looked back. I never regretted it. And yeah, it was, it was, that was the defining, that's when I knew this is what I would do until I was either, you know, broken dead or forced out. Heck yeah. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a defining moment. That's awesome, man. If you're not, well, what, what did you just, if you're not trying to succeed, whether or not you're willing to admit it, you're, you're, trying, you're to trying to fail. Yeah, you're trying to give up. You're trying to find a reason to quit. That's what they do in every selection process I've ever been in. In the reconnaissance community, in the Marine Corps, in SF, at, at you know, at, at JSOC, at Delta, they're, they're just trying to find. They want to see how you're going to convince yourself to succeed, yeah. or how you're going to convince yourself to fail. How you're going to convince yourself that it's okay to quit. Yeah. It's okay to give up. And as you know, as, it, to me, it's like I, I could go someplace and not be good enough, not just not make it. Like I didn't have, I wasn't packing the gear, man. I just want that guy. Yeah, I, mean, I can live with that as long as I gave you what I got. And, uh, and you know, I show you every, everything I got under the hood, I'm, I'm putting out. And if that's not enough, then I shouldn't be here. <sighs> but I can't stand there a week later and look in the mirror when I'm shaving and go, I wasn't man enough to stick it out. I wasn't yeah. man enough to give them up, you know, everything I had. Like, I didn't want to live like that. So it's like, hey, you know, when there's a draw, man, I'll give you everything I got. And if it's what you want, I'm here. Yes. So, no, that's what's up, man. And yeah. that's like that, uh, something I, I've noticed to be very uh, steady and guys that have achievements like this or even like something that I, I feel like is something that I've been able to hold as a secret weapon that's gotten me through things mm-hmm. in life is uh look I'm either gonna do this or I'm gonna die trying to yeah. do it yeah because I can't wake up tomorrow morning and look in the mirror like I can if I feel if I break then yeah. that's fine I'll, I'll, I'll be happy broken until I heal up you know yeah but if I know I didn't put out Dude, you, you can avoid resume. you can avoid anyone yeah. in the world. They can avoid anybody. I don't care who it is. You can avoid them for the rest of your life and not have to deal with them, except for your damn self. That's you got to look at yourself every day. And go, <laughs> go. I quit. Yeah, I gave up. I wanted that really bad until it got hard, and then I didn't want it so much. And yeah. I, like it's just it's more it's like <laughs> success, just like failure. Both of them are, are a habit. There, you, yeah. you over time, the more you succeed. The more you want to succeed, the more you succeed. The more you give up or the more you fail, the more you accept failure. I'm not saying you're trying to fail per se, but you're not willing to put the time in. And guys do that all the time. Like, it, just right into the ground burning, man. Like, yeah. hey, if you fail, there's no there's no shame in failing. None. Right. It, it, it's okay. There's shame in not, in saying you want to do something or be something and then not being willing to actually do it. Like, go, hey, man, all of a sudden it gets hard. Yeah. That's why, like, there's special jobs and special people and special things. And, you know, it's like you don't get to be an Olympic athlete unless you work your ass off. You don't show up because you yeah. want to be one. <laughs> right, right, right. And there's a bunch of people that try really hard and don't make it. No shame. But so that's, that's to me is like on the lifestyle part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, be cool with who you are. If you try and do something, like, put 100% into it, okay. we'll be out. Like, it's yeah. ones and zeros. It's like on or off. Like, yeah, you're either right. doing it or you're not doing it. Halfway in, you're just wasting time. You're yeah. doing something else. Yeah. And if you put it all in and you fail, and you got a chance to refit and get smarter and lift yeah, that trash out again. Hell yeah, do it again. That's what I mean. You can't try again. Totally. Um, if you were going to describe <laughs> at your core, who would you say you are? Who's Mike Pannone? I just, uh, truthfully, I'm just a regular dude that tries real hard. I like to succeed. I, I Once you taste success at the end of hard work, yeah. you want it more. It's like a drug. You want to succeed. You want to be good at things. And I never... Just like I said, I, I was I was fortunate to be in the right place at the right time for certain certain opportunities. Yeah. But I was I also made those opportunities. I also 
set the foundation for it. And I just, I'm willing to do what it takes. I'm willing to work hard to be good at stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, there's a lot of people that, you know, like we, we say when, when I was in, in, in the military, man, everybody wants to be a commando on a sunny day. <laughs> on a full stomach. Hey, like, when it yeah, ain't raining. Yeah, exactly. When that horn old cloud ain't right. Exactly, man. Like, you know? when, you, when, your, when your boots aren't soaked and your freaking blood coming out of your jungle boot vents and shit, like, yeah. then it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Then it's work again. And so it's like, that, that what, what, what people see, the stylized part, that people see on you know YouTube and on television, on the gram. that yeah, on the gram. That's not what it's like in real life. Yeah, like no, it's man. hard and it's. I mean, there's there's so much, but the rewards are you get to do some amazing things and you meet some of the the finest people that you'll ever meet. And you wind up even in years past, like I I I left and I still meet people that are of the caliber and quality that I like to be around. You, Luke, people like that that I people that I I, I relate to. You build a lifestyle and you and you, you you become selective in the people that are around you because they enhance your your capabilities or your existence or they're they're trustworthy. And so it's it's a full spectrum. It's not just I did this job, but then I'm somebody completely else over here. Yeah. It becomes a part of your persona and you start to judge people in the way you judge yourself. Uh. And if you accept if you accept a substandard performance from yourself, then you'll begin to accept it from others. It's like yeah. it's just it's hard. So it's true. It's pretty simple stuff, man. The magic is there's no magic. Like, it's all, it's all simple. It. And the sooner you accept yeah, this, yeah, it's like it's simple fighting. stuff, man. It's simple. Yeah, it's like, man. I like what you said about uh, about the people you have around you. Because like yeah, what I say huge. is, I'm always like when I look at when I look at you, I see your standards. You know, I see yeah. your relational standards. Mm-hmm. I see your financial, physical standards. Yep. Uh, your standards for life, and it's true because the people we choose to be around, especially you know. <laughs> after you're, you're outside of places where you're forced to be friends with people, yeah. you know, those are the people that are in alignment with your standard, <laughs> with your mm-hmm. standards, you know, you're around for a reason. Yeah. You're around yeah. people. The people that you choose to be around invariably are people that, that have qualities that you genuinely respect. Yeah. You see things in them like you Either recognize or yeah. bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. But you like, look at them and you go, I like, I like the way this person does this or carries themselves in this way. There's yeah. something about them that you admire and that's where the friendship is based. Sure. Otherwise yeah. you're like, why would you be around them? Right. And so the, the people you surround yourself like are the people that you surround yourself with mm-hmm. become people that are in their own way of role models. They have, there's something about them you would like, you want to emulate. You look at it and go, I, I like what this person does here. Mm-hmm. I want to be more like that. If you're not that way, then you're not being honest. Yeah. Like you're, you're, I would like to be better at that, like him or like her, whomever it is. And so that's, that's how your friends have such the people you surround yourself with that are genuinely your friends have an effect on how you conduct your life yeah. because they, you learn something from everyone you're around. If you, yeah. if you have your eyes open. And so I learned from, I learned from, like I said, from all the people that I, that I surround myself with, I learned something from them every chance I get, because that's why I have them around me because there's something about them that I, that I admire a trait or a strength or a quality. Yeah. And finding that after you get out of the military was kind of the other gem was like, yeah. yo, that's, that's valuable. Cause yeah. you can feel like a dang extinct. Even getting out of the grunts. It's like, I remember getting out and looking around, like, who am I going to be friends with now? Like, like, how am I going to find somebody that likes my jokes? Even yeah, it's, I mean, like, like, it's hard. I remember I came, when I came back, um, when I got back from Iraq in 05, it was like two days or three days later, I got back yeah. on like a, I got back on like a Thursday night and Monday morning I was in a college class. Uh-huh. I was sitting in a room. I was like, I felt like I got beamed in from outer space. Man, I was about to like, say, man. Like, I, I wasn't going to talk about it. I still got like burned goggle marks on my face and stuff. I'm sitting there and they're just looking at you. Like, like, who's this dude? Going on? Walk? He's like, oh, hey, how you doing? And she's she's like, yeah, he's like, you've been skiing? Skiing. Like, it's just kind of <laughs> like, it just, it's, it was weird to, 
you know, the things that people would say and the things yeah. that you do, you, you it, it was difficult because they're not, I was fortunate. There's, there's a dude in my class from 101st. Yeah. So that was cool. He, he, he got it. He'd been in Iraq before and all. So it was like, it was, that was, that helped kind of soften the blow, but mm-hmm. you do, you feel because you're around an extreme version of people. Extreme, like, you know, when you're, yeah. when you're, if you're, if you're an infantry guy yeah, and all the way up from, from infantry is a foundation of special operations. So mm-hmm. there's everybody recognizes each other. Mm-hmm. We talk a certain way. We interact a certain way. We have certain mm-hmm. sensitivities and insensitivities yeah. that, that you don't understand. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're really insensitive about a lot of stuff, yeah. but there's some stuff we're really it's sensitive sick. about. You don't, you don't go there and, and people will, Everyone will stand up in the room and you'll have a problem. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it's so it's 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 a different you come from a, a really unique tribe. Yeah. And like when you get outside of it, you're you're an outsider and you, you yeah. just gotta start, you gotta learn to you gotta learn to assimilate into that new society that you're in once you're out of nothing but mm-hmm. the military. So but it's it just you, you have to make an effort. They don't. That's their yeah. that's their place now. And you're you're assimilating in. So the guys that come back that are that feel like an outsider, and I was one of those guys. You, dude, make an effort to be, do, do stuff that you don't normally do. Go do things with people that you wouldn't normally, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, Why you, in that sphere of exactly. You've got, you've got to, you've got to learn what their experience is, what their life is like and what they do for entertainment and fun. And, and you might find some stuff that you actually like, mm-hmm. but the stuff that you used to do is an anomaly to them. They don't, they don't, they don't understand it really. The kind of life you led, they really don't understand unless they're a military guy. So it's, yeah. it takes a little bit, but you, you have to consciously do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I dig it. What would you say is your mission nowadays? To, to pass on what I learned. Like I, I tell people, you know, all the time when I went to train with them, people, you know, hear this, you've heard it say it before. I haven't forgotten what the other side of the gun looks like. Like I, I know what it's like to watch people who don't know what they're doing yeah. and watch the fear on their face and the anxiety. And like, like, what do I do now? That whole, you know, people say like, they'll look, oh, I had the look of terror on his face. You see somebody that's really terrified. It's just rip your heart out. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's a look. It's, it's a real thing. It's a thing, man. Yeah, it's like, holy crap. That dude is terrified. Yeah. And, I, and I don't, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I learned along the way. I mean, keep from, you know, three special units and two different services. Yeah. And I, there's a lot that I learned from a lot of great, you know, Marines and soldiers and sailors and airmen. I work with every branch. I work with, you know, the Air Force Special Operations component, yeah. with SEALs, with SF, with, you know, Force Recon, Battalion Recon, all, Rangers, all of it. And I, I got a lot from different people because I wanted to. I wanted to learn. Like, what are you what are you better than me at? Or what do you understand better than me or differently than me? Mm-hmm. And those lessons I want to I want to pass on. But I want to pass them on with nothing bullshit bravado yeah you know ego. you're a spartan warrior you're a viking yeah. you know with your shit stop it <laughs> just be a dude just like hey this is what i know this is why it works mm-hmm. let's let's do it i'll explain it i'll take that the bravado part of it dude that 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 doesn't get you there man like that's there's nobody there going man you're a spartan warrior when it's on it's like yeah, yeah. You're, like, you're just getting it done because you're like holy crap i'd like to not get shot yeah i want to go home i want my dudes to come home with me yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very wife and kids to make it out of 7-eleven this evening yeah it's very it's very matter of fact and that's why yeah. I, I deal with that that way i don't i don't it just in what i in the training that i do and stuff that i that i present on like social media you know mm-hmm. just be like the dude man like yeah. you still get the business done like that's not that's not an issue but you don't have to be you know you know like it doesn't cost any extra to be a good guy man yeah you just be a good guy and it all works out and if you got to do the business, then you do it. Right. But you can still be a good guy. Like you'd be polite and you could be decent and you could be it, the, the whole, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a badass yeah. killer guy. Like stop. Just, yeah. Yeah. I think it's the most unhealthy version of it. You know, it is. like truly strong people 
can afford to be the most gracious Absolutely. and the most the most legit guys I've met. They're always the most relaxed. They're usually kind of a lot of times are the quieter guys in the room. You know, yeah. You're not trying to prove like where I was from. You wouldn't even know. People say all the time, man. Like everybody knows who the killers are. Yeah, like they don't have to tell you. But they're usually just there's laid back dudes that get it done, and the rest of it, yeah, like. Talks cheap, man. Everybody talks about you talk about you, what you know, what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's theory, bro. Yeah, we That's already theory. see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what I've done. No, I'll the guy who work. the guy who will make me think twice is the guy who's confident, who shows up, and he's being polite. And we're about a fight's about to happen, yep. and he's like quiet and polite. He's like, well, and he's like reasoning, trying to reason oh, yeah. with you. Yeah. That's the guy. That's you got to watch. watch out for. The yeah. guy, the guy that's like the guy that that. that Puts his puts his drink back on the table yeah. and steps back and goes, well, I'll be right back. Like yeah. that dude is not talking. It's like people are talking smack, and like the dude just kind of steps back and goes, All right. Like, like here we are. Yeah, okay. That's I guess it's gonna happen. Watch out for. And that, that's why the the, the, the talkers, man, the, the, the screaming and the yelling, yeah, that's and the yelling bravado, and, and the, I'm like, eh, I just not hey, if it if, if you gotta get psyched up to do what you're doing, you gotta you're get spun ready. up, you're not ready. You were never, yeah, you, you weren't ready. You, you should be able to wake up and go. Uh, okay, time to do the business. Yeah, let's go. Do it, like, and then come back and have a drink and yeah, have it's, it's, yeah. That, that's why that I, I I look at a lot of social media how they've stylized it. How yeah. they, it's all cool. Like it's got a music in the background. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I got it. It's cool. And I, you know, I dig it every once in a while. Yeah. I watch it. Like it's pretty badass. Yeah. It's not real. Yeah, it's pretty badass. <laughs> right, like right, right. it's entertaining to watch. It's yeah. like it's um what they don't see. And I said it before. What you don't see is all the stuff on the other side of it. All the discomfort and all like. All the the injury people people getting you know like broken, overseas people get broken and shot up and blown up and all the stuff that happens that you home. yeah uh, and not and not like going wow every day you wake up well here's here's an example I remember going out um, when I was an advisor going out with some of the some Marines and uh guys had guys the guy had like pictures of his family and stuff in his helmet on I was like no oh, yeah do yourself a favor just yeah. take those out and leave them here because yeah. they're not with us right now. Yeah, and if and you want like, you, my sacred picture. Yeah, I was like, no. exactly. I was like, if you want to go home mm-hmm. in one piece, with all your parts and everything, put those back there. Because when we go out, yeah, they're not with us. It's just us. You gotta find your way back yeah. to that. Yeah, exactly. So you're that's what you're that's what you're trying to do is get back to that. So looking at it and having it on your mind, if that's on your mind, then there's some other stuff that's not on your mind that should be. Yeah. And so yeah, guess yeah. what? Compartment, take that stuff and that stays in your hooch. Yeah. And when you go out to do business, that's we're, it's work time. We're doing it's business. work time, and there's no you know, none of that stuff. And he was kind of, I can tell he's a little like, like not, yeah, it's like, well, 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 well program to think like, this is sweet. And this is my little yeah, piece like, of home. What but, I take with me. Yeah. But when you're over there, it ain't sweet. It ain't, it ain't it's, not, it's not sugar spice. Everything nice, that. man. It's time to have the claws out. Yeah. And it's, it's work time. And that's what you Yeah. Just leave that, the, leave that stuff back there. Yeah. Your mind should be on what you got to do because yeah. if it's not there, mistakes get expensive. And yeah. you know, it, his, uh, his, uh, his gun, he was, was, he was cool about it. He was like, He's got a point, man. Like yeah. that ain't gonna help you. No. And plus, it's like you know you don't want to get you don't want to get all freaking brassed up and have somebody you know stripping through your gear and pull yeah. pictures of your wife That's and daughter out yeah. and, and look at them over your freaking dead body. But, yeah, it's like you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give somebody that. Yeah. No, so I'm gonna deny them all of that just as a man. Like mm-hmm. that's not how it's gonna. That's go. something I carry in my heart. You know. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I don't, I, mean, I don't need a, a graphic representation of them. I know who yeah. they are. So just little stuff like that, that that kind of mindset is when you talked about what are you like, what is your mission now? What do you want to give yeah. back? What, that like the the realistic part of it, the non Not you flashy. know flashy, like, hey man, like I said, the magic is there's no magic. This is simple. Dude's been doing it since no the magic. beginning of time, man. Yes. And so it's like, 
we all know, we know all the answers. The technology changes, but yeah. you know, people have been doing, they've been in combative engagement since the beginning of time, whether you're a, uh, you know, a soldier or a Marine or you're a cop or you're a private citizen. Thank There's you. certain things that work and, and you know, there's there's some the things that I evolve, but yeah the game is the same the game is yeah. exactly the same the games are all up here it's in, yeah. in your head man so yeah that, that's what yeah. I want to I want to I want to give back the stuff that I learned that people gave to me all those all those you know soldiers and marines and sailors and that 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 served when I first came and they were old timers man they were yeah. in, they were in Vietnam and the stuff yeah. that they learned they were trying to pass on you know to us and and those lessons it's, it's now I was their legacy and now it's my job to pass everything that I know onto the next generation. The next generation. That's awesome. Uh, what would you say? You have a favorite quote, mantra? No, I mean, there's Anything. a couple of them. The magic, magic is like no magic. Already. Yeah. Well, it's the it, magic is, the magic no, is, magic. is no magic. Yeah, yeah. That and, so good. you know, it doesn't cost any extra to be a good guy. Yeah. Like, those are big ones for me because they're, yeah. they're like, they, they cover everything. Nothing is really that freaking hard. It really isn't. It really isn't that hard. Wisdom's it's never that, it's, wisdom's never that complicated. It no. just can be difficult sometimes what, to implement. What I, that's what I think is that, yeah overwhelmingly people know what they should do. They know what to do. They just can't make themselves do it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I know what should go. Like when people ask you, hey man, should I do this? They already you know already the answer. Know. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't want, you want me to say, no, you don't have to do that. Yeah, exactly. Like, like exactly. yeah, you should be doing that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And then, they, and then they'll ask somebody else, wait for the answer that says, yeah, I, don't have to, yeah. Yeah, I don't have to do the hard thing. Like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Like, that, that's why you're in any kind of like, struggle in your life yeah if you are if you are asking other people what you should do you better genuinely not know what the hell you're doing right and two you better be going to someone that you know would have the answer that you know yeah don't go answer shopping and you're <laughs> say yeah man take the easy route if That's they're the on the same level and you're not at a high level you probably shouldn't even yeah yeah you should be seeking some wisdom man that's what I tell them. They call, I call it answer shopping. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Or there's the asshole one that yeah. asks your advice and then doesn't, doesn't do it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, no, it's funny because uh, John Nettleson, the same type of thing, man. He's like, it's about doing the right thing. Yeah. Johnny's like, a good dude, man. Good, good yeah. friend of mine. And yeah, he's one of the, he's a guy like me, man. He just, it's, it's, it's a no bullshit kind of persona where it's, hey, man, it's the way it is. If you have a better way, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. But, these are things that I know from experience. That's one of the, one of the things that, huge one with yeah. things happening today. There's a lot of people out there with varying levels of experience that are, right. that are raining in on things. It's kind and of and like, that's, that's, that is, um, that's one of the, the hallmarks to me of a good instructor is it's from experience. That's why when you mentioned John, yeah. like he does the same thing I do. These are things I've done. Like I say, this works <laughs> and I know this works because I did it. Yeah. And this is, this is why it works. Now you don't need to go into there was no shit. Need to be hand grenade pins and all that crap. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, say, I know it works. And if you're legit, people know you mm-hmm. like people in the community know you, like people know me, they know what I've done. They know what I haven't done. And I'm not, I'm not trying to represent things as something they're not. But right. I tell them this works and this is why it works. And I can explain that. If I have to say I was there and you weren't, so you don't know and you have to listen to me, then you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah you got to drop all the other stuff and go, this is why it works. This yeah. is, the, you know, the mechanism of success. Yeah. And, and that's why, that's why I, 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 I modeled that instruction by removing the, you know, we're out at, we're out at O'Loughlin's, you know, eating wings, drinking beers, telling war stories. There's time for that. Don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong, but it ain't on the range. It ain't it's out training. at O'Loughlin's though. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's not while we're on the range. And that's why, you know, it, the, the, the guys that I know that I really value are, are very, they're based in an understanding, a operational and practical understanding of the techniques. They go, I understand how this is applied. 
because I've done it and this is why it works. Yeah. Like I said, with, with like guys like Johnny, I said, you know, when I talked to him on the phone, I'll ask him, what about this? What do you think about that? Because he's got a perspective that I don't yeah. in some ways. And I have a perspective that he don't, he doesn't. Nobody sees a, a task exactly the same way. We're very close because we came from the same community. We mm-hmm. came from the same place, but he'll see something I don't see. And I'll go, damn, I never thought of that. That's a good, yeah. that's a good point. Or I'll do the same. And that's why you've got to be willing to listen to people of value and say, if, if they've got a better idea, go, damn, man, you got, that's a good idea. I'm, gonna, I'm not I'm wrong with that too. And I, I, what I call footnoting. Yeah. If I take something from, from, you know, somebody I know from Johnny or from Jim Smith or from somebody like that, I will say, yeah, I got this from John Nettles. He's a buddy of mine. Or mm-hmm. I got this from Jim Smith. Yeah, we work together on this project. We're like, I will tell people if it's a right. unique, noteworthy idea, I will say, I got it from this guy because he deserves the credibility for it. Like I didn't come up with this. I got it from another guy. He's a valued man to me and his word is good. Yeah. Out of respect. Yeah. Just, it's a respect thing. And, like, and you can make sure, I mean, it keeps the good fairy, the good idea fairy out of me. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good idea you got to watch out for the good oh, idea. Yeah. You know, you got to beat the brakes out of some of these ideas. Oh, you know? no, no kidding there, Because uh, good idea fairies out there. Yeah, Sprinkling good idea good. dust everywhere. <laughs> right? And that's why it's good to have, you know, people that have some experience, operational experience to get a deeper understanding for what it is you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Not just a, hey, this sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Oh, God. Blah, 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 theory. Blah. God bless. You know, and well, theoretically, right. stop right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Theoretically, theoretically it's like. My life ones, theoretically. Yeah, yeah. Say, when people say theoretically, it's like yeah. SPOTA. Like you spoke to work, but we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. theoretically, like I got a parachute and a theoretically alone would want to jump out of a plane with it. No, yeah, <laughs> no. Well, yeah, I'm not jumping out on theory. And if I, that's when I see people do things, and they don't look at the second or third order effects in these techniques, and they look cool. Right. That YouTube and Instagram have have been really good because a lot of ideas get out, right. and they've been really bad because a lot of ideas get out. Yeah, and you see people that have <laughs> no exactly. business doing stuff. You're like. What are you doing? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, do you have any friends? Yeah, like, it's I, just you and this camera, and this seemed like a good idea to you, and now the world's here. Yeah, I like, it's like wow, I see stuff. I'm like, so I, I'm cool. uncomfortable and scared in my house watching yeah. you. That's how bad it yeah. is. Yeah. So it's like easy. You, you see, a lot of them will come up with something that, at first blush, it looks like, wow, that's a good idea. Right. And then when you stop and you actually evaluate it, it's like a really bad idea. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, there, there's stuff out there that is that is taken. It is taken as gospel. That like I, I've always been kind of the kind of the piss in the punch bowl guy. Yeah, like yeah. I see stuff people do all the time. Like that's stupid, and this is exactly why. Yeah. And they'll look at you like, well, wait a minute, all the other good idea guys say it's a great it's, idea. Yeah, yeah. we but just like, do it. You we know? just do it because they've always done it. Or you hear people that are, they are vested in their idea because that's what I that's what we do mm-hmm. because we do that because that's what we do. We do because we do that. Like okay, and the other guys said to do it, so we just do it. Yeah, yeah like think about it. What is it? What is it? How do you how do you replicate it? How do you like how does it provide the result reliably that you want. If you can't explain that to me, then why are you doing it? Right. I tell people all the time, if I can't tell you exactly what to do and exactly why it works, then I don't know. And if I don't know, why am I teaching it to you? Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's sad that that's, it's, that should be the standard for things that mm-hmm. people are doing. Even something as simple as, you know, we don't move backwards on the battlefield. Okay. I, I understand if I got like a whole bunch of Marines, I got to push through training yeah. and they're from everywhere in America and like, you know, different intelligence levels and different yeah, oh yeah. and you got to make them hold cups with two hands in the chow hall. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I love my guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, we all know what the deal yeah, is. You know yeah. Right? Oh yeah. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. But now like you're out and you're trying to operate at a, at a higher level and you're going to set your, your training for life and all this other stuff. You know, 
it shouldn't surprise you. I feel you, you got to train at all. You know what I mean? Like why guys shouldn't be losing their mind when you're moving backwards on the range. Like, do you, can your body move backwards? Yeah. Maybe you should just be good at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like people go, Oh, you never move backwards. Why? Well, because you never, because you could fall down. If I never do it, I'm going to move backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're going to like, you're going to move backwards. Yeah. You're going to run away. Yeah. You're going to do a whole bunch of stuff that everybody says you don't stuff. do. Yeah. yeah, like, and it's like, okay, it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold a position that I can't fight from effectively mm-hmm. just because somebody said, don't, don't go backwards. Yeah. yeah. You're going to back up. If it makes the most so, sense, I'm done. I'm going to do it. Like, yeah. so stop saying always and never. Like, oh, I never do that. I always do this. No, you don't. You should be doing what makes sense. And anybody that says always and never, they're like, they're like two-dimensional and three-dimensional yeah. world. Like, dude, it doesn't happen like that. Yeah, like nothing's always and never pretty yeah. much. So, so and that's why the, you know, I, I tell people, like, I was doing a, a, a pistol class for, for LA organization. And they're like, well, one of the guys like, well, statistically, you know, you're never going to take a shot. We're shooting at 50 yards. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're never going to take a shot at 50 yards. And I'm like, you're right. You're exactly right. You are never going to take a shot at 50 yards until you have to take a shot at 50 yards. <laughs> you don't know how to do it. Right. Yeah. And if you never do, if you actually never have to take a shot at 50 yards, but you know you can, 10 yards a chip shot, 15 yeah. yards a chip shot. It's yeah. nothing. You will have a level of emotional confidence. Yes. You're like, I got this. Yeah. Because and you shot at 50 yards. Like, yeah. It's like, they, that's the whole, like people talk about the mindset thing. Yeah. Like, it's confidence. It's, yeah. it's confidence in your abilities. And if you overtrain for the event, you train in excess of the event. If, if, the, if, the, if the bulk of my shots are from five yards, combative shots based on my organization are five to 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So triple that 45 yards. Let's round it up to 50. Yeah. And I'm going to shoot at 50 yards because you know what? Everything underneath that is a layup. It's easy. And uh-huh. I'm ready for it. I'm like, I can make that shot. Now you've got, you've got some, some crazy dude that like, this is more oriented towards, towards law enforcement. You got some crazy dude with a knife or a gun to some, somebody's head in a, in a grocery store because he's lost his mind and his, you know, his wife left him and emptied his bag, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. You're not going to want to take that shot because you're not confident in taking that shot. If all your shots have been sloppy at, you know, fully the crawl distance. Yeah. And so it's like that, that's That's why we overtrain. He he got it, but he was still like, well, but still statistically, I'm like, like statistically. So what are the chances? Has, has anybody ever taken a shot at 50 yards? He goes, well, yeah, then it could happen to you. Yeah. Unless you so want to be ready for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, come on, man. And uh, I mean, confidence comes from experience. Yeah. And, and why skill. not train? Tra- yeah, exactly. And skill. And so why not train yourself to where you can have that max confidence for the highest amount of engagements? No, I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. Yeah, at the 50 yard line doing wind ditches. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. What, um, so just so everyone's caught up tactical background. I started out in, uh, in the Marine Corps. Um, I went, there's an infantryman and I went to, um, to, uh, Indoc and then I went to reconnaissance. I actually went from infantry training school in, uh, at Camp Geiger, I went to Amphib Recon School straight away. I was one of the I was one of the first one of the first groups of guys that went directly to Amphib Recon School. Usually, you went to the Grunts first for like a year or two, and then but they were letting people go in. So I went to Amphib Recon School, and then I went to Okinawa straight from their third recon battalion, which is freaking awesome. And that that was the beginning of it. So I spent six years in the Marine Corps Reconnaissance Battalion Force, you know, um, stateside and Okinawa, and then I switched over to SF. I actually was. Like I came in, I had a, I had a Chronosport watch, which is anybody knows. If you know, you know. Anyway, okay. the Chronosport watch. This dude walked in. He's like, "Hey, man, I was working at a gun shop." And he walked in. He's like, "Hey, that's a that's a nice watch." He's like, "Where'd you get it?" I was like, "I got issued to me." And he goes, "Oh, what do you do?" So well, I'm a diver in Marine Corps. He's like, "Oh, really? You know, you're a reconnaissance guy, like recon dude?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Did you ever think about joining the army? We're like, no. Yeah, as a Marine, I'm sure you're <laughs> yeah. like, hey. you're like, no. And he goes, like, well, did you ever think about being in being an SF? Okay. And I was like, yeah. 
I would. He goes, well, there's a program where you can come straight over and go there. And I was like, Whatever, I don't make it. Just okay, just wondering. He's like, well, you know, then you, you can go needs the army and this and that. He's like, but you'll be an infantry. So I went over and switched services and went to a selection, made it. And it was an SF, and then I went to, and okay. I was at the unit, and uh, then I, I, uh, I ate a breaching charge on a, uh, a joint readiness exercise. Anyway, uh, long story, breaching charge fell and detonated in midair when I when I fired it, and it split me, shattered my skull, and blew my eye out. And um, so I medically retired from there. And uh, that was right. I met a group right before the war kicked off. And then after the war kicked off, I was like, I mean, I, I've talked about it before. I was like, I'm going to find my way into the fight with the rifle yeah, in my hands. I'm going to get back into like, This was always the point. Yeah. This was always the point. Yeah. It was hard, man. So I was like, I was on the Super Bowl team, man. I was yeah, like, I was, at, I, was, I was tip of the spear. And yeah. so I, 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 the first step I went into the air marshal program was old Sergeant Major, uh, Craig Maxson called me from uh, his old B squadron sergeant major. He called me. He's like, "Hey man, we're standing up the air marshal program. You want to do that?" I was like, "Yeah, man." So I went and did that, and then um, that was the first step. I did that for about a year. I got a full time mm -hmm. position. I'll stand up the Seattle field office, and then uh, I went to Iraq in 03 doing PSD in 03 and 04, and then 05. I was a ground combat advisor with what would become AWG. So I found my way back. Got a got a belly full of it. Um, but that was that's that's the background. So I had two different services: Marine Corps and Battalion Force Recon, SF, SFOD, and then the Air Marshal Program, which was actually pretty cool because it was all inside of aircraft. So it was really unique. I'd done aircraft work at, at Delta, but it was kind of cool to do it on the LE civilian side. And then yeah. to Federal Firearms Instructor course and all the civilian federal LE courses, which was cool. And then I started working with uh, Kyle Lamb, buddy of mine. Um, I was actually at his retirement and I was his first senior instructor. I worked at VTAC for a couple of years and then put out my own shingle and Still here, man. Still singing the jangle. Yeah, 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 man. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. What would you say? Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from recon? <laughs> I would say that the biggest takeaway that I got from that community really was the 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 field craft side of it. We were in the bush all the time. We were out in the jungle moving at night. I learned to navigate in triple canopy jungle, in which even in the daylight, it's like freaking dark. But yeah. I, I learned a whole bunch of things, a, bu a bunch of field craft stuff, hard skill stuff. That was the foundation of everything else I did. I, okay. I, I learned to move and navigate. I learned that in the jungle, it's wet, but there's not always water. Like there's all kinds of stuff you only learn being there. So I, I learned about, I learned it, you know, um, how to do more with less. We didn't have all kinds of budgets. Like, you know, battalion force now got way better equipment and yeah. way better budgets and way better everything than we did. Like we used to untie 550 cord off the boats, fresh water, rinse it and hang it to dry. Like we didn't to have, make stuff out of it. Like, yeah, to, like, do stuff. to do stuff with, to reuse it. So I learned, you know, I was a kid from the other side of the tracks yeah, and yeah. I never had a lot, but we, but we never turned anything away and we made do with everything we had. Okay. And so it's like, I learned to do a lot more with a lot less and be okay with it. And, and that taught me to respect the equipment that I got and the, and the, the funding and the support that I got in SF and Delta. Like okay. I learned a lot about, you know, the generic term soldiering being there. I, like I said, learned how to navigate. Learned, I mean, if nothing else, man, you learn to be on time, do what you're told, shut the fuck up. Takes you like, so far in life. Yeah, it's like so far in life. If you can do that nowadays, you're a stud. You're a killer. Rock's <laughs> corporate America. Like, watch yeah. out. Yeah. All right. What would you say you got from the SF? SF was was non-standard problem solving. I mean, I got I got special skill stuff when you know sniper school and all this kind of stuff. I got some cool skills there, but we would go places and there was no playbook. You just made it up. You I just showed that. up. It was like, hey man, make it make it so. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And you, you had to you had to interact with people. You had to learn their cultures. I mean, I was in Asia. My 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 whole career basically, I was uh -huh. bulk of my time was in, in Okinawa and in, in recon, and then in in SF at first group. And even when I was stateside in SF, we were in Asian 
you know, we, we covered Asia. So okay, I was always saying, you know, the, 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 the freaking, the standout, I was the white guy. Yeah, like, white walking around, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you got to learn to, to assimilate in other cultures mm-hmm. to, you know, Disarm. to adhere yourself to them, like to make, to make them want to work with you. Like, yeah. you know, if you talk down to them, if you don't respect their customs and curse, you got to learn all that stuff. You learn to be a good dude. You learn, you learn like, to hey, be a good dude. Yeah, you yeah. got you, If you're not, you're not going to succeed by being a jackass. Right. So you've got it. You got even these people when they're not doing great and you're like, they're not Americans. They're, these guys are, these guys are a, a, a underfunded, you know, conscript army. Okay. That's not the same as an all volunteer, very educated, very yeah. well-funded military. Right. They don't yeah. want to even be there. No, so you've got to make these people, you learn, you learn to create the playbook as you go yeah. and you learn to convince people to do what you want them to do. Not, not try and force them. Yeah. You, you do, you learn humility. Like, you can't separate yourself from those people. They have to be your peers, whether or not they are skill wise. Yeah. You got to treat them like they're just one of the crew. They're and those guys will, those guys will do anything for you. They will. I've had uh, guys that we trained and, and, and worked with and employed operationally. And they were like, once they know that you, you actually give a damn about them and you, you respect them, they acknowledge that they're not as good, maybe technically as you are. At all. Yeah. But they're giving you everything they got, and as long as you understand that, it's most valuable. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. So I, you learn you learn that part of it. You learn to, you learn to be a decent guy, to respect other people's skills and weaknesses, yeah. and just get things done without being dictated. This is exactly how you do it. Like they, they just give you an end state and go. It's going to look like this at the end. Go and you make it up. Which is it's it, it, you learn more that way because yeah. there's a little more trial and error in there, and you start to build a knowledge base that allows you to to accept without stress non-standard problems and just solve them. like we just fix stuff that's you'll hear guys say it you know that, that's what we do we go we go to places where it's a mess and we we, we make it clean again we, we fix it, fix it fix and it. nobody knows exactly how to do that until they're there yeah and you have to send a certain kind of person there to do that because they, they they have to be self-starters yeah they have to be humble they have to be self-starters they have to want to, to they have to want the challenge of being able to solve things on their own a sophisticated problem too yeah oh yeah Man, that's so valuable. I mean, no, that's I'm taking that is, man. Life life. is like an ever-changing, more sophisticated, multifaceted, like you know, what I mean? different type of problem. You know, like, and and I think, and especially if, if you're on the entrepreneur side of things, mm-hmm. or just anything you want in life, between you and that thing is like discipline okay. and a problem that's mm-hmm. going to evolve until you become enough. To actually embody think, what's think about doing protection work because yeah. I've done it all over the world too. Yeah, think it's it's never it's always kind of the same, but it's never the same. Never the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, so yeah, you got to yeah. be able to look at stuff and go, okay, look at a structure. As soon as you get there, look and go, okay, entrances, exits, like how to be controlled. Yeah. Where, like all that, all those things are going to change every time, and you're going to you're going to have a challenge that you didn't expect. Every site, every yeah. every detail you work in, go. Oh, I didn't see that coming. It's yeah. not like holy crap, this is all screwed up. Oh, Nobody's no. interested. It's yeah, like yeah. Okay, how do I make this right? What's right. the end state? What does yeah. it have to look like when it's done? Okay, I'm going to get there somehow. Yeah. And that's a level, there's a level of confidence yes. that comes with that. And there's a level of smoothness that comes with that. You're not and frantic. Calmness. Yeah, yes. you're like, you're exactly. like oh, okay, we got this. Like, oh, that, that yeah. door is locked. It's like, okay, okay go cool. to the front desk, get this person. They're going to have the key. Yep. You start and solving. You yeah, yeah, you just flow. You, you start solving problems seamlessly. And it looks like, I've had people say, like, it looks like you expected that. Like you're inoculated to that type of stress. Absolutely. Is. I completely dig yeah. what you're saying. You can tell guys that have been there mm-hmm. or like live that type of life and then don't because one thing happens and they're so rigid and they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And can you believe that? And you're yeah. looking at them like, 
Is someone bleeding? I'm sorry. Dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, we're, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not you're tourniquet on anybody. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're, we're good. No, that's yeah. awesome. Man. You, see, you see that with detail. Somebody's in the wrong position. You yeah. when, when you're like, you're doing a ride on the wrong position, just fill in. Yeah. Like, yeah okay, in the wrong position. That'll happen. Just fix it. Like, flow. Yeah, yeah. Just flow. And you can whisper something in his ear later on. You know, we can yeah. figure it out. That's good exactly. stuff. What about the unit? What was the biggest takeaway? It was driven by performance. It was all okay. about performance and it was technical. Everything was exactly a certain way. Now, getting to that, getting to a technique, you were super flexible, very much like very much like SF, like try a bunch of different stuff, do a bunch mm -hmm. of different stuff. Once we arrived at this is the way we do it, we do it exactly like this. And that's the way you get you 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 get a level of proficiency and speed and efficiency on target. Like we could do things and move rapidly in a way that, that other people were really challenged to do. Other units had difficulty doing at the pace we did it, mm -hmm. at the precision we did it, because we were very specific. Like the things we did, we did exactly a certain way for exactly a certain reason. And they, 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 they produced exactly a certain result. Wow. And so the, the technical nature of it really, I was like, I was kind of stunned. I, I expected that. Yeah. But, it was like, but yeah, it's like you get there like, no, this is no joke. Like this is, things are done exactly a certain way. And the thing that I, that I really... I really liked, and it's a little daunting for some, is you would do something and they would just ask you, why'd you do that? They weren't second guessing you. They just, it. Yeah, 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 they just want to know, why did you do that? Yeah. Like, why did you do that? I remember- it's the quality of your thoughts. What's the quality of your mind processing? Yeah, they, they didn't accept. They never accepted. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you better know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you just don't want to say. Yeah, okay. And, it's, and, and I, I remember going in, in OTC. I went to, I went to a, a, a room we were doing CQB, uh -huh. and I freaking- Shot a no-shoot target, man. Yeah. It happens. Everybody does it. Yeah. I know a single guy that's ever gone through a season and didn't do it. Yeah. I remember doing it, and it was like uh, one, of the, one of the guys jumped off the, the cage. Of, uh, um, everyone knows who he is, Norm. But anyway, uh -huh. he's like, he goes, what'd you just do? And I, I remember trying to like scroll through my, my 12-year-old boy. Like, yeah. I was like, I, was like, I didn't, so I, like, I, didn't I didn't take the time, and I didn't look, and I shot a, I shot a non-hostile. Yeah. I shot a canary. It's like. That's exactly what you did. Okay. And yeah, I still got written up and I still, yeah, yeah. but, but just, just man up, man. You yeah. make a mistake. And I learned, he pulled me aside later. He's like, you know what you did? You ran in there and you went, you look like you might be a bad guy. Take two of these. Yeah. Like you didn't think you didn't take the extra second. And, and, and that was a big mantra there. It's like, you, you can pay lots of people to shoot. Mm. It's, it's the guys that cannot shoot at the right time that are key. The people yeah. that we, we deliver energy to things that need energy delivered to it and not other stuff. And that's where that judgment part of it, because you don't have a ton of time. You've got a split second to make a decision. Yeah. If you don't have the mental process to do that, mm. then this isn't the unit for you. And that's yeah. why a lot of guys, it's not the guys that make it through and get there. They don't get bounced because they're, because they, they can't do it physically. It's not, the physical part is freaking hard. It's no yeah. joke, but the guys that don't make it through, it's mental. They can't, the, the information that they throw oh, at you, the amount you have to learn is a freaking lot. And yeah. it, they're, they're like, it's corporate. Like, hey man, it's the thing with like a, like a football team. If you're not yeah. putting, if you're not putting points There's on the scoreboard, yeah. we'll find somebody that does. Yeah. Like, you know, they're like, you're a great guy. We, you know, we love your wife and kids. You're fun at barbecues. Find another job. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> this ain't for you, man. Nothing personal, but yeah. this isn't for everybody. It's, you know, the, that's what I thought was so cool about it. Cause they, they say it all the time. We're not looking for the best man at the job. We're looking at the right man for the job. And like, mm. it is smart people. When you, you, when you see it and you learn it and you see it on the battlefield, yeah. see over in a rack place like that, 
Smart people are freaking dangerous. Yes. They're really dangerous. They and they are force multipliers. Yeah. And so they they want smart guys. They want physically fit, aggressive, all that, but they want smart guys. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so that that's what I the, the level, the intellectual level, that place, I was I was really taken back by. It. There's a lot of smart dudes there. And it's like you can be Mr. Johnny Wonderful. You show up there, you're just Johnny other dude. Yeah, you're like you know Johnny that. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah you're, you're like Johnny Wonderful right. anymore. You're just yeah, another, yeah. you're just Johnny over there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was a it was a it's um it was definitely, there's no off time. There's no like, yeah. you're on the clock, man. You step through the gate. It's work time. There's no screwing off. There's no, oh, we were just screwing around. Uh-huh. People are like, screw the fuck around somewhere else then. Not here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, cause the clock's running and what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say you took away from the air marshals? <laughs> that was interesting because I got a, a law enforcement side of it. And yeah. what I, what I learned is some of the, some of the limitations that law enforcement has um, basically it's, it's, it's ROE, like the rules of engagement, how they, their, their use of force continuum and all that, Thank there you. are limitations, but there's, there's an overlap that was, that was surprising to me. And it's basically like the, the, the rules of engagement are there and the ROE to keep people from doing things that they shouldn't do. Yeah. Okay. But if you're intelligent, it doesn't really matter. Like you, you don't shoot people, don't shoot them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and, and so I learned that there's a, there was a lot that overlapped. I learned that the combative side of it, it really drove home. If there's, if there's two dudes fight each other with guns, I don't care what you're wearing. Yeah. I don't care who pay, you know, what, your, what your pay stub says. I don't care any of that. It's the same. It's mm-hmm. a combative engagement with firearms is the same. Whether you're a soldier, sailor, airman, marine, air marshal, private citizen, it's the yeah, same thing. It's fight, so fight, yeah. fight and fighting. And so you learn there are things that work and there's a reason why. And um, so I, I really I got I got a really good understanding of one the federal system, okay, uh, which was interesting to say the least. And then the air marshal program, the surgical nature of it, it was a very specialized organization because it was fighting inside of aircraft. And I got to take the application of an assault force taking an aircraft back to just you and I, just two air marshals on, on a on an aircraft. How do we how do we protect that aircraft and how do we fight as a team in this in, tube. in, in that in a tube? Yeah, <laughs> so in the air. It's, there's no cavalry. There's no backup. There's no place to go. You're going to get it on. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all like, the way. All yeah, the way. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, if, it, if it goes down, it's like, okay, this is what's going on right here, right now. There's no place to go. And it was sobering for some of the people because yeah. I would tell them, if this happens, there is no cavalry coming for you. You're your own cavalry, man. Yeah. You're like, you, you, you figure it out because you're all, you two are the only ones here. And the fight is yours. And it's yours until the end. Win or lose, it's yours till the end. Yeah. So get that in your mind right away. Like there's... No heroics, no fancy music in the background. No, it's you and other dude. Door. Yeah, and, and, and it's all going to end right here somehow. So yeah. get your mind ready for that. And that's that's as no that's as close to the mindset crap. Because I'm not I'm not a pep rally dude. Yeah, it's like hey dude, yeah. like this is what's going to go down. So you either got it or not. Either, yeah, yeah, yeah. You either got the cheese or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. So I know once you close that door on that tube till you land. Just you, man. Junior partner, and that's it. That's and so there's 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 a there's got to be a a a confidence and a reliance on each other and an understanding that um, it's, it's, it's different in that very specific law enforcement realm. I think guys, I think that like the protector mindset, because mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of roll that way, that protector mindset. I think people need to kind of look at it more like mm-hmm. that. I mean, personal protection is your responsibility and maybe, maybe if you're getting jumped, maybe if, you know, somebody's, trying to rob you outside of 7-Eleven, maybe mm-hmm. someone will help you. But, but the reality, the reality is, yeah, yeah, exactly. If the cavalry comes, great, but I'm not right. expecting it. I'm not yeah. waiting on it. I hold my breath, you know. 
It's um, it, there there was a there were a couple things that I that uh, I saw too in the air marshal program, and a couple people, um, I actually got in trouble for it. Yeah. Um, we had I was in Artesia actually, and had this this one marshal go through and, and throw a shot on the aircraft, and it goes through and hits another you know hits another target. We had targets spaced out, so if you shot the right target, you didn't shoot anybody else. Okay. But if you came off it, you'd shoot a, a non-hostile. And so he shot, you know, he shot, shot through, and he's like, uh, I said, well, so where'd that round go? He's like, I don't know, it was a mess. Like, I know where it went. I walked over and pointed to a target, and it was it was like a grandmother. The picture was actually right. like a grandmother. Yeah. So I was like, Great. and I made up a story. I was yeah. like, oh, that's Mrs. Wilson. You know, <laughs> no, she's, no. she's coming She's coming back from, um, you know, she's, she's just coming back from chemotherapy. She was going to visit her granddaughter for the last time. <laughs> story but, Oh, yeah, it's like, she's, she's, you know, she, she's, got, she's got bone cancer, and she's got some chemotherapy. She's got about two months to live. She was going to visit her granddaughter probably for the last time, but, you know, he took care of that. Like, dude, when you fire that shot, it, if it doesn't go where it's supposed to go, it's going where it's not supposed to go. Which is changing reality. It's like, yeah. oh, she was a collaborator. Like, dude, don't make a joke about this stuff. No, man. Like, and so I, I got, I, I kind of leaned into dude a little bit because where I came from in the army, like, you make a joke about stuff like that, they're freaking you're fire wrong. you. You're wrong. You're, like, you're in the yeah. wrong place. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. You're not what we're looking for. Yeah. The at all. Yeah. yeah. Like your equipment turn in will be at one o'clock. Like, yeah, you're right. Like no way, man. That because it's just too heavy. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Well, and then when you went overseas contracting, are there any big takeaways from that? I don't know, that was a big. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Was, like, and while we're, while over, we're breaking this. Oh my thing, God! I can tell you, know. I can tell you stories for hours about that. But when at first I was a, the first project manager hired by Triple Canopy, so I helped the first guys that we launched out at, in starting in December of '03 is when I when I picked up with them. Yeah. First guys we launched out, I actually ordered the equipment and I, and I rolled with them. We got in country and so within the first, one of the first project managers for Triple Canopy. I was the first one. The first. The first project manager. Man. Yeah. Golly. So, so um, this is for an OG actually. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm so on that. Man. Hell yeah. So uh, we, we launched out of there and we, we got in, we got in country and it's like, dude, we had, we, it was at the infancy of everything. So we had, we had like crap vehicles. We had captured weapons. We had, we had to make it's like building a whole program. Like, like it's almost like you got sent to another country. Like, like almost doing some green berets. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like, okay, what do you, what do you got? Like, what can we, what can we get? What can we do? What do we need? We started foraging. We started, you know, finding things and, and, you know, yeah. people that we knew that could get us equipment and stuff that I don't want to incriminate myself on. We did some gangster shit too. Yeah, we, we had to, we had no support. They didn't know how to support us. The state yeah, department was working right. for Yeah, they had no idea how to support us. So it was wow. like, we gotta make. We gotta figure this out. You know, like a little gay. It's like, like dude, it was crazy. crazy. But like when I got there, I I, I stood at the Creek uh, Field Station. So yeah. I got I got there. Um, they gave me a yellow dude, and he's listening. He knows who he is. Dude, Sharky. Yeah. Sharky was a seal with. He was with me. Um, uh-huh. He and I had a had a yellow post-it with a ten-digit grid on it and a phone number. It said Mister Silverman. What? And that's all. I still have it at my house, actually. Um, that was it. They, they go, hand it to me and go, go to Decrete, set up your field station. That was it. I got, I got in a, in a, in a, you know, a, a freaking a BMW that they had. Yeah, yeah. And two dudes in a soft skin vehicle jumped on the road, freaking went 100 miles an hour to Decrete from Baghdad. Wow. And so, um, yeah, wow. we got there. And I walked in. I'm like, I'm looking for Mr. Silverman. And he goes, I'm Mr. Silverman. Who are you? And I was like, I'm your new head of security. And he was like, What? <laughs> yeah, I'm the new head of security. He goes, so you're going to be running the Nepalese? They had a Nepalese contingent. And I'm uh-huh. like, no, actually, we're replacing them. It's going to be all Americans. He goes, so are you DOS? Are you Department of State? Yeah. I'm like, no, sir, I'm a contractor for uh, Triple Canopy. We're, we're contracted by DOS. And he goes, what's your background? And I said, well, it's in, in, uh, 
in you know special operations. I was a Marine first and I was in special operations. And he goes, so you like a Green Beret or something like that? And I was like, well, yes, sir, I was in special forces. He goes, I can't stand Green Berets. Turned his back and walked off. Yeah, you're like, and you're like, welcome aboard. Good start. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hmm. We had, we had, I mean, we had, I had that. That's one of the challenges. Yeah. Um, and then he wound up getting rotated out. Guy, a guy that we had, another guy we protected, Ken and Mark Kennan, who's a great dude. He was an awesome dude. I had that. And then I had, we're, we're getting ready to roll out with Mr. Kennan to, um, to Bakaba. And um, the, uh, or to Balat, I'm sorry, to Balat. And I walked into, um, the year that was supporting us. Yeah. And I walked in, I'm like, hey, this is who I am, this is where I'm from, show my creds and all. He's like, okay, what, what, what do you want? Like, kind of edgy. I'm uh, like, well, right. sir, you know, so he was a, he was a uh, lieutenant colonel. So, well, sir, you guys, are, you guys are in support of us if we need a QRF. And, and he looks at me and he goes, he goes, hey, man, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh-oh. As far as I'm concerned, you and your boys are nothing but a bunch of overpaid hookers with guns. And so, and so, unless you've got somebody really important with you, he goes, unless you've got somebody really important with you, we're not coming out. I was like, Wow. So that's, so that's what's going so on. That's what's happening. Like, I was like, okay. Jeez. Yeah. Man. I mean, I, I, I had that. That was, that was my yeah. QRF. That was my QRF. Because just no one had a concept of what you guys were trying to do. They didn't like it. They didn't like us because they were, well, they're all well they resented what we made. They knew what we made and that's they resented it. And I was like, I, I remember thinking, like, one of my buddies actually at the unit, I saw him in the chow hall. The guy from squad, he's like, I was told him the story. He's like, dude, they, they resent they resent your paycheck, but they don't realize you're you're rolling the roads in in soft skin vehicles with captured weapons with shitty radios and no QRF. Like yeah. they're not doing that, so they don't understand it. Yeah, and that was one of the things that I got from from doing PSD over there, especially when the insurgency kicked off in 04 and all that. Is you had to be cunning. Like we didn't have any ass to us. We had a bunch of dudes with rifles in yeah. soft skin vehicles. We had one hard car for our, for our principal, but. You had to be smart. You had to know your routes. You had to know yeah. alternate routes. All the stuff that you that you're supposed to know, you, you don't have need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You well, have to know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's like I, I learned like there and, and mistakes get expensive, and I saw other details make mistakes and get freaking brassed up, dude. Yeah. See vehicles all shot up, burning on the side of the road as you drive yeah. by them. Yeah. You're like, I mean, we we went we rolled by um, coming out of Tacreet one time. We were heading south. We rolled by a vehicle all freaking brassed up, all shot up, just blood stains in the street. We're like. Man, this, this went bad. out hard. Like, this was bad. Yeah, because I mean, I remember looking at that, and and that's what I was thinking. I told the dudes I was with. I was yeah. in the um, I was in the in the follow. I was like, damn man, you see that? And he's like, yeah. I said dudes went out hard because there were blood stains on the ground. And yeah. I was like, dude, somebody made a mistake, man. Mistakes mistakes are costly. So you learn like there's no margin for error. Nope. It's like everything has to be exactly a certain way. You got to know everything. Everybody's got to be read in. The plan's got to be solid. It's got to be tight. Yep. Like. Because I don't have, I don't have a safety net. I don't have a cure app. I can't just get on the phone and get gunships in. And be like, help, help. Yeah. It's not like, they might come because they see smoke in the distance and that's your burning vehicles. So you've got to be freaking smart, man. You've got to be, you've got to have your game tight. And so I I learned, I learned a lot from that. Um, That was, those were some big takeaways. People not wanting to support you because they resent you. Um, And then watching people make mistakes and seeing, you know, seeing how, how costly they were. Every little mistake is costly. I had one of the guys we, we protected. We got hit on the way into Tacree. Uh-huh. And so there's a little bit of, little bit of shindig going on there. Yeah, a little man. business going on. A little, little loudness. Up, little mix, it, mix up. Yeah, a little bit of loudness. We got him in there. And I, I rolled in. Once we got through uh, the chicanes and everything, everybody's good. Vehicles are good. We get him in. I went to, uh, to, to the principal. It was one of the staff guys we were rolling with in yeah. the meeting. And um, I said, hey, boss, this is what happened. I told him, you know, and I went, I went to uh, – to the supporting unit told me, I didn't find some folks over here and <laughs> yeah, sleeping yeah. on the side of the road and all that. And um, right, right. so when I went back in, the, the guy, his name is Buzz, who told Buzz. And it's like, he asked, the, the principal asked him like, so you had a pretty exciting ride. He's like, oh, it was pretty quiet. We just, he had no idea. 
Okay. He was in a limo. He's in a hard car. Oh, so he just no, no, he just was yeah. like, he's like sitting there. We got him probably a CD player at the time. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We got back and he, he sat down. He's like, he told me, he's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, dude, Mike, Mike, Mike told me what happened. He's yeah. like, what do you mean? Uh, we, I explained like, well, this didn't, did you know that this was going on? And he was like, I had no idea. He was stunned. Yeah. And then he was visibly terrified. He sat down. He turned. He turned my out life, ghost ass white. Yeah, no, like I didn't even know I was like in it, and I was in it. In our AI, that's so good. Greg was our. Greg was at my AI. He's another beast spotter guy. I mean, Greg was like cool as a cucumber. He's like we told him because the call sign was Jackrabbit. I was like yeah. Jackrabbit, Jackrabbit. And like we're hauling ass now as fast as you can get through the chicane. You're yeah. trying to break contact, and he was just cool as can be, hanging out, doing his, just watching, yeah. like doing his thing. Like no need to spin old boy up. Yeah. But it's like he had no idea what was going on. And then when it when we finally told him, he was visibly shaken by it. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, dude, you were in armor, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> good thing we didn't tell you what was yeah, going like on. That, but, you know, so it, was, it was some of those things you see. That, and the point of that is that he was emotionally unprepared emotionally for that. Unprepared. Emotionally. I mean, we had it got rocketed in the hour sheet. Uh-huh. And, I mean, watching people completely freaking panic. Yeah. I mean, like, Oh, well, why are they trying to do this? We're like, we're trying to help no, them. No, like, why, why isn't even? Yeah, we're not. It's like, that's matter right now. Yeah, we're, we don't have to entertain that. They yeah. rocketed us. Like, we don't have a force field around us. Yeah. Like, they can shoot rockets from across the street <laughs> and like punch. they just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was, I, there was a lot of stuff like that. I saw people that were unprepared for it yeah. emotionally. Yeah. And then I saw, like, now she got rocketed, went downstairs, and there's some guy who's freaking out, chain smoking cigarettes. You see, he was shaking like a, like yeah. a freaking leaf. Mm-hmm. And there was some, I think she was like, I think she was Serbian. The Serbian chick, she okay. obviously run downstairs, had like a pair of boxer shorts on and a tank top. Uh-huh. And she's hanging out laughing, talking with her friends. Yeah. Like she got it. Psychologically. She's yeah, she's like, okay, way. we got rocketed. Okay, she, I'm good. I'm yeah, yeah, wherever, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, can I get a smoke or what? Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> like when we Long cigarette, hang out. one of those from, yeah, yeah. Jeez, man. So it's like that, you, you see people that are unprepared and you see how their performance is freaking it's, terrible. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta guide them. Yeah. yeah. One of the women I was protecting came out when, when we got hit. I came out of my room. She was she was right next to us, and my protective was right there for another woman. So they came out of the hall, and I actually have the write up from. It's kind of funny, but uh-huh. I, I came out the hall and grabbed her, and she was trying to put one of these evacuate masks on, uh-huh. and she was freaked out. To, in the in the front, there's a canister that you breathe through. Okay. So she's like grabs it, she yanks, she breaks the canister off, Jeez. and puts puts this like clear bag over her head. It <laughs> like it's gonna save you. Know, like, oh, just watching watching uh-huh. the panic. I was like, damn, man. So it was, we had that. We had this guy who said he was a he was a, like an admin guy, some mm-hmm. lieutenant colonel or something, standing in the middle of the hallway, screaming at the top of his lungs. Everybody remain calm. And he's Everybody. the only one freaking out. Yeah, like, yeah. Dude, yeah, it was cool. yeah, I saw a lot of stuff that was like all the reasons why you don't do certain things. Yeah, you got to see. I got to watch those. Like, <laughs> that's why you don't panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, you look stupid as hell. Yeah, and what's going to be written about you? You know, what do you think? I mean. Because, I mean, for civilians, too, like, you know, if you have no opportunity to inoculate yourself against these types of stresses, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, but then at the same, in the same thought, I think about, like, the first times I was going into trash, you know, and I never had any of those specific types of reactions, mm-hmm. you know? What do you think it takes to help someone it's, inoculate themselves? It's mental. It is, it is, it is mental. Mm-hmm. Um, you prepare yourself for it mentally by thinking about it. You're rehearsing it in your mind. It's like, exactly. It's like yeah. if you don't, if you don't think about like that, that extreme. Go to that scary place in your mind. Go, can I do this? And like live. Like I, I had a guy ask me at, at, when I was in OTC. A guy asked me at the unit when I was going through training. Yeah. He's like, okay, this is this happens, dude. Like bum rushes one of your boys, tackling, like rolling around. They're really close together. Fighting. What are you going to do? I'm like, 
freaking grab a gun, grab my rifle, run up to him and freaking get done. Because what are you going to tell him? You're going to, you're going to, you know, what are you going to tell your partner? I'm like, and tell him to turn his face, turn your face away. <laughs> yeah. And he looked at me, he's like, and I remember him saying, Bob, Bob Curley, he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, you thought about this before, haven't you? I'm like, yeah, man. It's like, I, I don't want, I don't want anything to be a damn surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So I think with, uh, I think that is it. I think because for me, man, I, I lived, I remember with my, my Marines, you know, that mm-hmm. I would be telling them, yo, before this happens, think about what you're going to do in your head. Think about what you're going to do in your head. Think about. And I remember one of them was like, after we got done doing some trash, mm-hmm. it was like, hey, you know, I thought about what I was going to do in my head. And, and I did exactly what I thought I was yeah. going to do without even thinking. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like that. There's so much to be said for that. Because when you see stuff happen to people who aren't in that world, uh, there's this whole why me? What's oh, happening? I can't believe this is happening. This is so terrible. They're going, they're thumbing through these things. Yeah. And all the shit that doesn't matter. Yeah. Right now. People who are like us, we're already mm-hmm. gone. We're doing whatever we're going to do at this point, mm-hmm. you know, or the enemy is still gaining ground on them while yeah. they're like, you, you don't have time for that. You don't yeah. have time to lament stuff. Like, yeah, things like gotta, business got to get done. Like we got stuff to do, right? Like we're on the clock now. Yeah. So we got to get it done. And that's, that, that comes with the, with the mindset. You're like, I tell people like you, you've got you've got to make decisions before they're forced upon you. Exactly. You've got to, you've got to like I'm willing to do this. What yeah. are you willing to do? Okay. And yeah. on the, on the and know what you can do versus what you're willing to do. Well, once once yeah. I go, I'm willing to do this now. Am I capable? Yeah. Now, do my capabilities or do, do my capabilities match up with my willingness? Yeah. Because if, if I don't, if the capabilities, I can be willing to do all kinds of stuff, right? But if my capabilities don't match what my willingness is, I can't do it. And so, I'm impotent. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I have nothing. Yeah. And so tell people. I, Identify what you want to be able to do. Right. And then once you've identified that, identify the skills required to go, do I have that? Do yeah. I have the capacity and the capability yeah. physically and emotionally? And then, and then go from there. That's huge. But I mean, it's the, the mindset. Um, if you don't practice or if you don't rehearse in your mind for significant events, mm-hmm. whatever they might be, yeah. you will do the wrong thing and you will fall apart. Panic to me, from my experience, okay. panic is either the absence of a solution yeah. or the recognition that the solution that you need, you can't provide. It's beyond you. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I don't have it. Yeah, yeah. and like, then you start to panic. Yeah. I, was, I was picking That's up- That's true, man. I was at a pet store, picking up freaking cat litter, right? Uh-huh. And so I'm walking in, there's two dogs and a woman with a, with a little boy. He's probably six years old, seven years old. Yeah. And um, the dogs start, start barking and rattling at each other. All of a sudden, boom, they go at each other. The boys okay. in between them gets his calf almost ripped off. One of the dogs uh-huh. bites him, trying to bite the other dog. Yeah. So his calf is laying open. Man. Little boy screaming. Mom's screaming. I'm like, I look so over and I'm like, what the, the hell? The dog's now broken up. Then yeah. she's just sitting on the sidewalk shrieking. Not knowing, just, just not, not, not knowing what to do. I'm like, I walk over. I'm like, listen, let's. We oh. need to move them like, yeah. like oh. she's like, it, it hurts, it hurts. I'm like, of course it hurts. She got she's like, the ground, it's burning. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then she's sitting on black pavement in Tucson in the summer. Yeah, yeah it's burning. Is, you're making get hamburgers right now. Yeah. Yeah, like, get up and move. But I'm like, I'm like, listen, we need to move yeah. him. She's yeah. like, it's burning. She kept like she was frozen. So I, 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 I grabbed the kid, I picked him up without disturbing his legs as much as I could. I got him in the shade, and she's just shrieking, literally shrieking. And I'm like, stop stop I go what's your name hi and I start talking I'm like oh my name is Mike yeah. how are you doing what's your name he's like my leg it hurts I'm like don't look at your leg I'm just talking to him getting his mind off it I said listen you know we're gonna call him the firemen are gonna come and they're gonna bring some paramedics and you know they're gonna take care of you and like just talking to him getting his mind off it's like hey you know they always bring lollipops and stuff and cool stuff yeah you know and he, and like, 
she saw this shrinking. Like, <laughs> making like, it worse. Yeah, actively like, making it worse. Yeah, and yeah. then it's like, there's a dude standing there. I'm like, did the whole, like, like straight out of the EMS book. I'm like, you, come here. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you. Yeah, you're supposed exactly. to like, add someone. Yeah. So I go, come here. I go, get on your phone, dial 911, and say exactly what I say and nothing else. Yeah. He's like, okay, now I want your emergency. I'm like, yeah, we have an injury caused by a dog bite. We're at such and such. Mm-hmm. And um, the, she, she, she asked back, she goes, how bad is the injury? And I go, he, there's a large tear in his calf. Before I could say there was a large tear in his calf, he goes, he's all fucked up. Really? Come on, man. Jeez. It's like, people have no idea how to function because they've yeah. never said, like you, you know, we, we have, the, we've had the misfortune of yeah. being around broken people. The fortune of being around. Yeah, exactly. but, it's, but we're fortunate because when bad stuff happens, we can fix it. Like yeah. we, we well, understand the spectrum of experience, it's like, Yo, we ain't putting a tourniquet. And even if we are putting yeah. a tourniquet, I know how to do that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, we're not taking fire in, putting a tourniquet on. Hey, you shouldn't have me out and put a tourniquet on. Good. Yeah. It's like, I see people that don't, a lot of times I see people that don't want to prepare. Yeah. Because they don't want to think about it. There you go. Yeah, man. Because I, I, well, even with the stuff I do on YouTube, I'm sitting there yeah. blasting videos out. And I'm always like, have a plan, have a plan, have a plan. And then people are like, well, I'm not going to walk around uh, paranoid all the time, worrying about people who jump out of the closet. I'm like, bro. It's not about that. It's, it's about because I have more peace of mind the second I'm prepared. You know, I yeah. walk into a place that got me a good piece of real estate. I got mastery yeah. of the room. I can see stuff. And then it's like, now I can really relax and have a good time because I it's like, what's going on? I, I walk in and I evaluate it. Yeah. I, see, I, see the, I see the table of all dudes drinking up hard. I'm like, okay, yeah. I, see the, you know, I see the family over here. Like, I'm evaluating here. Yeah. It's having a Having a plan is not paranoid. I, I call it professional vigilance. There you go. Like, yeah, when that's you're, when you're running, better sound. Yeah, when you're running detail. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not paranoid. No. I'm, I'm professionally vigilant. Exactly. I, have to be, I have to be responsible for my principal. I have to look around and see everything. I can't miss anything because I'm being paid not to miss anything. Yeah, exactly. So and it's like, yeah. yeah. And then you dial that back to the family mm-hmm. man. It's like, I'll be danged if something happens to my wife, my kids. Oh, yeah, my I'm on detail, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on yeah. family, you're on detail. You are on easy. detail. It's like everything that you, yeah. you tell me, is it any different when you're on with your family? It really isn't. No. It really isn't. I'm like, like, in my mind, I'm like, people pay me to do this, mm-hmm. and I'm also going to do it for myself because I love yeah. these people. You know yeah. what I mean? And even, honestly, me and you go out for a drink and we're in a place, Yeah, you better believe oh, it's all we're in that place, it's a safer place. You yeah, know? oh, it's a much better place. And, I, that's what this brand's about, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that right there, you know, protectors. There is no downside to being prepared yeah. and being aware. There's yeah. none. Zero. Yeah. So stop it right here. Go, oh, you're paranoid. No, I'm not. No. Nothing sneaks up on me, though. And I'm safer <laughs> because of it. And everyone around me is safer because of it. Exactly. And I think if someone has a response to that, that's like a, oh, you're paranoid. I think what's happening is you're seeing the world as you are, not as it is. Mm-hmm. And maybe if they're the type of person to be, if those types of thoughts cause them to be fearful, which means they'd be paranoid if they mm-hmm. felt like that, then I think there's something that they need to work through so they can become a more efficient or effective protector. Agreed. They're unprepared, and you being vigilant reminds them that they're unprepared. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, he's just really, exactly. Like it's a mirror. It's, yeah, it's a mirror. Like they look at it and go, "He's really prepared," which reminds me that I'm really unprepared. Yeah. And so now I have to degrade his. I have to degrade his behavior because I don't have it. Yeah. And if I was going to do that, like, like it, it, it inspires fear in me, really. Yeah. Do you think about going, going and working out? Yep. You'd just be like, oh, well, if I was at the gym all the time, I'd look like that too. Well, you couldn't if get to the gym are, all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's stopping you? Somebody yeah. Under your head? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. figure so it's it out. It's the same thing. It's projection. Exactly. And then, yeah, so I think 
You hear someone say that, it's a target indicator to me. I'm like, oh, totally. okay, you need to work through everything mm-hmm. stopping you from being able to sit there. And I'm not sitting there sweating bullets. I'm having a good time. No one knows. The other guys sure. in the room might notice. Yeah. <laughs> I, know yeah. I know what's going on. Yeah, and it's, it's always it's always important to be aware. I, I, I used to Teach, uh, I used to teach women's classes um, with uh, a woman, Mia Wood, who's mm-hmm. a great, great woman. She um, she had these all women's classes, and I would teach, I would teach with her. Yeah. And um, we would give during lunch. We, we would both go through a couple different different blocks of instruction about the self defense side. Okay. And one of them, and I would tell, I would tell the women, um, like if you're walking around, if you're walking around a supermarket, yeah. And all of a sudden, like you should be aware because, like, a dude will show up, and you're in the frozen food aisle. And then the dude shows up and you get toilet paper. And then the dude shows up and yeah, you get yeah, coffee. Yeah, like, whoa, time out. You are not yeah, on the same yeah, shopping trip with me. At yeah, that point, yeah. I tell them, the awareness is what makes you safe. Yep. Just look at him and be like, what? Yeah. What? So now you're taking away his anonymity yeah. and you're letting him know that you know he's doing something odd and you recognize it. Right. So now you just, this whole targeting matrix just got thrown out. Yeah. Like she knows who I am. She knows that I'm doing something odd. Yeah. She already identified me. So do I, do I continue on with the potential attack or do I go look for somebody else that's unaware? And overwhelmingly, they'll look for someone that's unaware. And it's vigilance keeps you from having to do anything else. You don't have exactly. to free guns, knives, pepper spray, freaking Jeet Kune Do. You can just look at dude and be like, what? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. He's and like, usually oh. someone hunting that type of uh, prey mm-hmm. is a coward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or he's by nature a coward. Yeah. It's not like somebody like storming into the store to no. fight me. This is someone hunting women. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, it is. And I, I, we would tell them, like, I mean, I will tell them the class, like, just confront it right there yeah, where right it's there. safe. It, it's And where you have the high ground. Exactly. You're, you're, in, you're in a public structure. There's people around. That, that, that person is not going to pursue that because it, they've already they've already been compromised. Yeah, absolutely. And now that, so, like, you might as well just address it right there. Don't address it in the parking lot. Don't wait, feel uncomfortable, and then try and deal with it in the parking lot. Because yeah. now, now you've got more into his court. You're more into his yeah. area. So it's the awareness, awareness and vigilance keep you far safer than an implement that a firearm or a knife or, or pepper spray. Yeah. That's a last resort. That's like my awareness of my vigilance was for shit. And now I got to fight my way out of it. Yeah. That's what that is. Absolutely. If you're aware, you don't need that stuff. Absolutely. 100%. Now that's huge. Which goes right into our next deal. EDC mindset. <laughs> I mean, you're going to break down like, yeah, kind of like what you do, how you do, why you do. I mean, you see, um, I, I, every place that I can possibly carry a firearm, I carry a firearm. Um, and it's, it's because a gun's like parachute. When you need it, it's exactly what you need and yeah. nothing else will do. And nothing else will do. That's so, so I, I always have a gun on me and I, I look at it as a, as a way in extremist to safeguard myself and potentially someone else. I'm not yeah. going to stand there and watch a guy beat his girlfriend with a tire iron in a parking lot of Walmart if I can stop it, that's, that yeah. is a, that is a fellow citizen of my country being attacked, you know, yeah. potentially, you know, death or grievous yeah. bodily injury. I'm like, yeah. I, I, I don't want, I don't want to be in a, in a position where I have to watch something happen that I should not tolerate in my society. Yeah. I have responsibility as a upstanding citizen in this country. Everybody's taxpayers dollars paid for me to become technically the guy that I am. Wow. And so I still have an obligation. I don't look at it as like, okay, I'm retired now. I'm out. Peace yeah. out. I'm good. Drop the mic out. Yeah. No. I'm still a citizen of this country that that has been afforded the benefits of your tax dollars to refine the skill. And it's still there for me to stand there and watch bad things happen. Would be, it would be, it would be delinquent on my part. Right. Also, I don't want to get freaking shot or killed or stabbed or any other crap like that. Like, like, like trash, I'm out. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm waving off that. So 
I always, I always carry a gun. Now I don't always carry the same gun, but right. whatever I carry, I rehearse with before I leave. Uh-huh. Okay. And so my EDC is going to change with my clothing. If, I, if I've got a suit on, I'm going to have something behind the hip because yeah. the front's going to be open. Yeah. Okay. If I've got, if I'm rolling around with just shorts and a t-shirt in town in the summertime in Arizona, I'll run appendix. I run appendix a lot because mm-hmm. it's really fast. Um, you can fight, you can fight from the ground with it. Cause it's funny. If you do BJJ or do jujitsu or ground fighting guy, your gun's in front of you. So if someone wants your gun, they have to face you to take it. Right. If they reach from, from behind you to grab it, then they gave you an arm. That's, that's a gimmick. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like, it's, it's a pretty good position to fight from if your body type will accept it yeah. on the EC side. Um, depending on where you go. I mean, like some people say, well, I always carry a spare magazine. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't, mm-hmm. but one, my, my, my pistols are in a level of repair and serviceability that I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about that. I am not, I, I so rarely have any type of magazine malfunction of any sort. I mean, I can't even yeah. remember. I can't remember the last time I shoot quite a bit. Yeah. Right. The last <laughs> time I had my, my, uh, my gun malfunction uh-huh. because of a magazine. Okay. And I mean, I, I, I run like a, either a PO7, like CZ, because I shoot for CZ. I run either a PO7, a P10C or a P10S, the subcompact. Those guns, I, I shoot them until I'm embarrassed they're so dirty. And then yeah, I'll clean yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They stop running. <laughs> no, they don't. No, so they it's don't. like, I'm not that worried about it. If you feel, if I feel like I need an extra magazine, then I, I got concerns about my equipment. Okay. So I, I don't necessarily do that. I'll, I'll carry, I always carry, I carry a minimum, uh, a small folding knife. Uh-huh. And I carry a flashlight, a small flashlight, like yeah. Surefire. I've got a little Surefire Executive, the little one, a single one, two, three battery. Yep. It's still price, 300 lumens or something, great little light. You can yep. use that as an impact device. You can you can break windows. You can break bones in people's hands. You can do all yep. kinds of stuff with it. So I've got a, like a minimum basic load kind of thing yeah. for EDC. Carry a pistol, carry a small folding knife, carry a flashlight. And I'm usually good. I got med gear in my vehicle. Yeah. So I've always got like higher end because I've got, I did, I did a bunch of, higher and stuff in, in JSOC okay. medical wise. So I've got stuff that you do that <laughs> up, to I can, level of up to my level of training that I can actually apply effectively yeah. to, to, to save somebody's life. Um, but I, the, the big thing that for me on, on the EC side is whatever you have practice with it. And before you leave, take a minute and just draw from concealment, just draw your gun, make sure your gun's clear and all that. Don't shoot holes in your refrigerator. Right. Your <laughs> but be the one. Yeah. <laughs> draw that gun and make sure that the, that the clothing, the garment and the gun and the holster and the belt and all that, they all match up properly. Yeah. Yeah. There's not, you're not catching stuff and um, grabbing your holster, right? grab your holster, yeah. sticking, driving, going inside of a, of a jacket and put your hand in a pocket. Yeah. And then when we were yeah. in Bosnia protecting the general, we got, they, we, they, they sent us a bunch of these badass North face jackets. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. They're, you know, they're um, Really, really nice Gore-Tex. I was there. My rotation was there in the winters. Ash ripping cold, and yeah. you get warm up a little bit. And it would rain, be like thirty-eight degrees and raining. Uh, so it's miserable. So I got this North Face jacket, which is pretty awesome, dude. I was like, hell yeah, nice. I got a North Face jacket. Put it on. We're getting ready to go out, grab the man, and get on a helicopter, fly up to Tuzla. And uh, I do my clear my gun, do my dry draws. First time I go to draw, stick my hand in the internal pocket. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you're like, nah, that's not gonna work. So I got, I had the most badass four hundred dollars North Face jacket uh-huh. you ever had to go to the gym with. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't use it. Like, yeah. you got to do that stuff. I yeah, either that or the pocket's got to go or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah like try to tape them over. Yeah, and all that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, have time. I just threw it off through my leather jacket on. Yeah. But when I came back, I took I took freaking um, rigorous tape, just taped the pocket over. Like, hey, mm-hmm. man. But it's like little stuff like yeah, that. No. Make sure the gun fits with the garment. Also, if you shoot a bunch of different guns, I shoot different different pistols in different locations yeah. because of the client. Whatever my client shoots, I I make it a point to shoot something comparable or the same gun. Okay. Right. So um. Like if I got the FBI yeah, comes I'm out, I'll shoot, I'll shoot Glock. I shoot for CZ, but the client comes out and they shoot Glock 19s. I'll shoot 
except the FBI is shoot block 19. Okay. Okay. Cool. It is what it is. Yeah. So I, just like I would practice for that. Yeah. Each time I change a gun around, but the whole concept behind it is you have a, you have a, a mental program for every gun in every yeah. location that you're genuinely familiar with. Okay. So the first time you touch it, you recognize it's this gun, it's in this location. You start running that program. Yeah. So you're, you're booting up that one minute drawn from consumer. You're booting up that program. So you can change, I can change it's guns. Deep. It's so like, deep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With some knowledge on it. Right. Boom. So, so, so I run that program. I yeah. know an appendix. I reach down. Think about it. If you reach down and grab your gun, as soon as you touch that pistol. Your brain you, fires. Yeah, your brain goes, I recognize I'm carrying like a carrying a seizure, I'm carrying a seizure, I'm carrying a Glock or whatever it is, yeah. MP or you recognize it. You see a picture of it, that tactile index, you touch it. Yeah. That feeling goes, one, it goes, I've got the proper grip. And two, it's, yeah. I got my P10. Yep. Okay. Once I do that a couple of times, I'm booting up that program. Once that program is running, that's the current program. So yeah. if I if I if I put you know put my gun back in the holster, load it up, put it in the holster, and I go to freaking Walmart and I gotta draw my gun, uh, or I go now that program that is still running is my P10 in appendix with this t-shirt on. Yeah, you don't have to boot it up while you're in the middle yeah. of something moving and doing traffic. Exactly, that's what moving people and crap. And that's why you get guys that um when guys who come to the range and shoot their shoot their duty rig. Yeah. When I got when I'm working with the, the LA guys. Okay. Like um they'll they'll get done with their duty rig and they'll get ready to leave. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa everybody, how you rolling out of here? <laughs> put your put your trash on. Yeah. Come on line, clear your guns on everybody for, for a minute. I want you to draw from concealment for a minute. Yeah. Because if not, they're gonna they're gonna draw, they're gonna need their gun and they're gonna go to their duty rig and it ain't there. Yeah. Because the old program is and, still running. The duty rig program is still running. And yep. Yeah. yeah. You revert back. So it's like there's some mental programming stuff that you can do. And it's little, it's little stuff like that that makes all the difference. You're and understanding why it works. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't change positions with my gun. Yes, you can. I do it all the damn time. I'm yeah. not I'm not like Stephen Hawking's or anything. Yeah. But, but I know how it works. Yeah. And I practice, I practice from a, a, a couple different locations, mm -hmm. but I practice a lot from both of those. And I can I can boot that program up. In, in a minute and it works man and so it's like it's one of those things that if you when you understand from edc it's hugely important because if you need your pistol as an edc as a civilian carry it yeah you know if you need your pistol you needed your pistol about a second and a half ago yeah you did and yeah so, you did so yeah, it's like in a time now like we're, we have already run out of time yeah we're yeah, trying yeah, to play yeah, catch yeah. up we're, we're praying to Jesus, baby jesus <laughs> exactly like, oh we some more time yeah yeah man so that's, that's such a good concept, man. And yeah, so it's boot important. that program up, get that disc spinning yeah. before you even leave the house yeah. uh, and familiarize yourself with your gear. Always got to be, got to be super familiar with it. Um, the, um, I hear people all the time too, the whole, like, I just, I just posted a thing. I was carrying out of a, a, a Keltec PMR 30. Yeah. I saw that with that ulti clip on there. Yeah. The ulti clip that me actually came up with it, but, um, yeah, she, she was the one who designed it, but, um, I, uh, I'm wearing that. I, I put that on cause I, Cause it was, it's my, it's my, my, my like backpack and my gym gun, my, cause okay. it's really, really light. Uh, yeah, I got, I got my gym gun too. So yeah. So it's like, I'm cool with it. PPS and it's 31 rounds, man. If you're like, oh, it's 22 Magnum. It's 31 rounds of 22 Magnum, bro. Rounds. Everybody's getting shot. Uh, you getting shot. Yeah. You getting shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fusillade. Yeah, man. So I was, I was leaving with that. I'm like, it's, it's really light. It weighs like that gun with 31 rounds in it weighs less than a Glock 19 slide. What? Oh, it's super light. So I put on, it's kind of big, but it's easy to carry. And it's like, yeah. but I'm carrying the same spot. Yeah. And, and I, all I did was rehearse with it for a minute. I'm like, yeah, because I, I like carrying different ways and different types of clothing because it helps me refine how to explain it and say, well, I, I carried one of those and yeah. I carried it like this. Or, um, and and understanding it. I mean, it's like dating your guns, really. Yeah. That's what it is. It's exactly what it is. People are like, 
well, why don't you carry this or why don't you carry that? Dude, I got a freaking gun. Bro, I, I, that's that's ninety nine percent of the battle. Exactly, is, knowing is, how to use it. Yeah, I got a gun. I'm in the fight. Yeah, I already know how to shoot, so I got that. That's done. Now, yeah. if I don't have a gun, it doesn't matter how well I know how to shoot. I don't have a gun. Yeah. So, like, I would rather you have a freaking twenty five auto in your yeah. pocket yeah. than nothing. Yeah, that's twenty five. But it, that's but it. It's, a, it's only a 25 you get shot with it. Unless you're not throwing, yeah, they, it's better to throw rocks. Yeah, so it's day. like, I yeah. hear that the EDC cures, I carry this and I carry that and I carry, you know, uh, it's, there, there's, there are things technologically that are changing, they're, they are changing the whole, um, my whole methodology for EDC. One of them is red dots on pistols. Yeah, man. Okay, because guess what? Yes. When I was out with Orange County with, with Gabe's guys, yeah. uh, we were doing, those those brothers were shooting headshots at 15 in the, in the not the dark, but basically low like, like low light street ambient light. These dudes from, from OC SWAT were crushing some damn headshots at 15 yards with red with dots. With them dots, man. Yep, and no flashlights. It's no real. flashlights. And they could identify we had markings on targets so you could see shoot and no shoot and all that. Really? They just turn around, pick it up, boom. It, it, it allows you to it allows you to engage with when you have enough light to see a lot of times you don't have enough, enough light to see your sights even with tritium yeah. they're, they're difficult um when you have so, light to see it you need a little bit more light to see your sights and it changes your focal length when yeah. i when i change my focal length to if i've got a bright and i've got a bright set of tritium sights on one of my former seasons thank you i've got a real bright set so when i change my focal length my eye adjusts the amount of light that's coming out of those triggers. They're, they're actually like really bright ones. Mm -hmm. Now my eye adjusts to that to level of brightness light. and I lose what's behind it. It yeah. becomes harder to see because my vision is adjusting to my sight. Uh, and it's same and you need that focus in order to be accurate. To see it. So what you have, that's like with a red dot on a pistol, yeah. if you turn it up too bright, you can drive that gun up and the person behind it will disappear. The target behind it will disappear yeah. because your eye is adjusting to that dot. It needs to be much, much lower than people think. Wow, and so there's a, there's a lot of red dot stuff, but it's a great. I, I fought it. I mean, yeah. I, I fought going to it because I shot iron sights, and I was worried about the the durability. And a lot a lot of guys that I know that are they're they're good, you know, that are legitimately good uh, good instructors and good shooters are yeah. shooting. I know, I know Johnny's one of them. Johnny's getting on red dots yeah. now. Uh, buddy, my Steve Fisher is getting on. Uh, Billy Flowers is getting on. Like guys yeah. that are in the industry shooting, they pushed into it sooner than I did, uh -huh. but it's. Once you get on that train, the learning curve is it's, it's kind of steep at the beginning. But once you once you're on it, I've, I've got fifteen thousand rounds now on my P10F yeah. and my C with a red dot, dude. You can do stuff with that gun now that you couldn't that do you before. couldn't do before. Yeah, and back to the EDC thing. Now yeah. I have a I have an, a handle. I have an admin flashlight mm -hmm. that I can use. I could use it to shoot with if I had to. But I have a red dot now, and as as a private citizen, now, I'm not in the capacity of a professional an armed professional. Right. I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to engage in basically blackout conditions. Neither is anybody else really. Like yeah. that's, there's always enough ambient light. There's street lights. So if you're at a venue, if you're doing, if you're doing protection and you're armed as a, as a, as a formal protection agent, mm -hmm. you're not going to be in pitch black. And if there's enough, if there's enough light for you to see that that guy has a implement that can hurt your principal, yeah. there's enough light for you to shoot red dot. Well, and you should have an admin light as well. You should always have an admin even, light. Even, even if you have a so, gun light, bro. Yeah, Two is one. One is, one is yeah, yeah, no, I always got, I got both my joints. Yeah, but yeah. I, uh, I couldn't agree more, man, because that learning curve with the dot, I put the weapon up, and I was like, ooh, where is it? Ooh, where is it? And then a few months went by, and then once I found the dot, like, I'm running around here, and it's just now. You get busy. You get freaking busy. And that now, night. yeah, man. And I'm sitting here just, like, reaching out to 25. Like, it ain't no thing. Like, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> running around. You, like, you can shoot stuff. Like, 
my uh, I've got two my two LED guns. I've got a P09 with a Delta Point Pro on it. Yeah. And I've got a P10F with Delta Point Pro on it. Those guns are dialed in. I mean, they're they're they, I got great zeros on them. Mm-hmm. Dude, I can I can shoot I can shoot it standing. I can just sit up and shoot an eight inch plate at fifty like it's nothing. Man. Yeah. And if I take my time, I hit a six inch plate. If I bench it, I can hit a six inch plate at fifty yards all day long. Jeez. I can shoot a freaking headshot with a pistol at fifty yards because the pistol will do it. Yeah. The, yeah, but, yeah, but the yeah. sighting system wasn't enough. There wasn't no. good refinement. Mm-hmm. Okay, but with a red dot, I just put it down in the middle, pull the trigger, and all the quality modern handguns that you're getting out there. I've seen guys do it. When I was out there, there's a guy shooting. A, he had um, what do you call it? He had a Gen. He had a Gen Five Glock with a dot on. He was doing it. Doing yeah. with a, one of the Walters uh-huh. uh, with a dot on one of the Q5 matches. He's crushing. We were all shooting the same plate. Yeah, it's like damn man, these guns will do it all day long, as long as you've got a refinement yeah. in your sighting system. So now I've got precision at distance, and I've got a capability in low light that I didn't have before. Yeah. And the, the dots are a lot more durable and they're getting better every day. Like yeah. that is the wave of the future, man. It really but is. You see, you can carry your admin light. If you want to put a, you know, a, an XC1 or XC2 or something, yeah. the Surefire really subcompact lights on there. You can, now you've got redundant systems. You've right. got an extra light. Yeah. But um, if you don't, if you just have your admin light, your handheld light yeah. and, a, and, a, and a pistol with a dot on it, as an EDC guy, you're perfectly fine. You're living it. Oh, yeah. And I, I felt like I noticed that once I went from the red dot back to my iron sights, I felt like I was a better shooter. Like faster. I don't know if yeah, it was faster. Visual process. You're you're you were forced to see more and see faster with the dot. That's yeah. why on the USPSA side, people say like shoot open, shoot open division. Yeah. And open division for if you don't know, if you listen to this, open division is everything's in play, like 26 right. round magazines and red Space dots and compensators and stuff. Yeah. But the gun doesn't move. It's just how fast can you process the information and press the trigger? Yeah. And it, it makes you move and run the gun faster. And everybody I know says if you shoot if you shoot that division you 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 start processing visually faster. Yeah. When you go back to iron sights, you're, you go back to any other division, you're just faster. And they were all right. Yeah. I mean, I've heard I've heard everybody JJ Rakaz, I've heard all these people that I know that say, dude, you get faster shooting open. Ben Steger, they all say it, and they're right. Like yeah. these certain things make you faster. I, one of my buddies, uh, Charles Law, that I was shooting with last, um, he, he didn't say this. One of the other sages that he studies under yeah. says this, but he was like, see aggressive. And I realized that, like, for me, with my competitive shooting deal, yeah. I spent the first year and a half up until, like, two months ago <laughs> being, like, being learning how to see and process aggressively. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I can shoot pretty much just, I mean, I can shoot yeah. a little better now. Yeah. Like, I can shoot a little quicker now and stuff. But really what I, I, I was working on was processing the stages and processing mm-hmm. the movements yeah. and seeing everything and processing that aggressively. And now I'm able to do that. I, I just noticeably gotten better over after almost two years of it. And I feel like that dot, man, like I felt like I felt, I saw a little quantum leap. Like, yeah, I, yeah. like I was working like lockstep, get a, little, yeah, little, get a little bit. And then all of a sudden I started running the dot around and I was like this quantum leap. Like, man, I feel like I'm in the matrix now. And then getting a little dry fire at the house. That's the ninja secret to really oh, get hell yeah. That's, that's, dry fire. Fire. that's, that's the true red dots. You yeah. can get because the shooting part, you you get a lot of feedback off the dot. It tells you it tells you that you you're scribbling around. Oh yeah, it tells you being hold the gun like a grown man. Yeah, like a grown woman. Yeah, like yeah. it'll it'll jump around. It's um, it tells you if you if you lean on that gun, you flinch. You got recoil anticipation. All yeah, you're you recording every one of those reps. Man. Yeah, so it's like it it's it it takes for me. Uh, I have a I have a slightly different grip with a red dot. I present a little differently. There's a, a bunch of things that I do that are that are slightly different from my iron sight shooting. But a red dot will tell you if you don't hold on that gun like a grown ass man, it'll tell you. Yeah, that, 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 that dot will depart the area. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, holy crap! And I can tell when I'm behind it 
when I'm behind the gun, like I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. that freaking that dot stays in the window. It just bounces around in the window. Yeah. If I if and I, I can chase it, off, it and I can keep it yeah. in front of me and it's good. If I if I come off of it, my grip gets weaker, I sally out on it, dude. That, that dot takes off. And I'm fighting with the gun trying to get it back. Yeah, I'm looking so, for it. It's a it's a good like it's a good learning tool, it's a good training tool. It's operationally like shooting wise. It is so far in excess of iron sights now. It's just now every the, the last sticking point is always durability. Yeah. It's always durability. Yeah, batteries and yep. battery life and, and maintenance and how you want to be responsible about that. Maybe some backup sights too is one one. Yeah. Like and that's that. why I got I, on my uh, my Delta Point Pro, my LED gun, I've got the the the, uh, the backup sights that Loophole makes. Okay. And they were fine. And I got okay. I got a tall front sight on it. So my iron sights are zeroed. And I can shoot a 25 yards, shoot, shoot a six inch plate at 25 yards with it, Get with it. iron sights, yeah. with my backup iron sights. So like it's legit. I've got thousands of rounds on it, and those sights haven't come come loose or lost or zero. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Are there any different uh pieces of gear that have failed you that you don't carry as a result? Like anything that you're like, eh, or good ideas that you've seen that's like eh. Because I'm really picky before I ever carry anything. So uh, okay. Like um I can't like nothing leaves the house with me that I haven't already vetted and it's yeah. gotta be really obvious before I even check in with. Yeah. So I, I've been pretty I've been pretty fortunate. I've had some things fail and break that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Like not on the pistol side, but like things that create failure points. Okay. Um one of them was the bad levers on ARs. Okay. Little, that, that, that that bolt release. Yeah. I understand what it's for. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that unless you practice, unless you genuinely practice with a lot, guys ride it and they release the bolt. They release the bolt before they put the magazine in, and I watch it all the time. And I'm like, it saves me. Yeah, you can drop the mag. Yeah. It, 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 it leads you to some mistakes that you don't need to make. Yeah, like you see it, you drop the bolt as you see the magazine. Now, since it's a full magazine and it's up against the bottom of the carrier, it's not properly seated. Uh-huh. So when you let go, the gun goes quick and the magazine falls out. So you're all assed up. I've seen, uh, I've had a, a, a lower that had a ambidextrous, was it an ambidextrous bolt release right next to it. It was a push button right next to the magazine release. Yeah, man. So it's like, it's too easy to be close to my magazine. Yeah, exactly. That's so it's like a little stuff, the, the good idea fairy showed up on that one. Yeah. It was like, the, the good idea fairy dust sprinkling was a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I can run, for the I can run an, an AR left-handed because yeah. I shot a lot when I first lost my eye. I shot a lot left-handed. I can run an AR left-handed stock, but no problem. Like I don't need all the ambi all stuff. All the ninja stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just I like the fact that I can pick up any AR and I can run it as it's stock. So yeah. um, a lot of that stuff, I understand the accessorizing of it, and that's fine. But like that one, that one particular item, I put it on there, and I I, I caught myself doing it a couple times. Uh-huh. I'm like, you know what? I'm I, I put my reloads back to back. The difference between a bad lever and not, I was I was I had a minuscule amount of time. It was maybe a tenth of a second faster. Yeah. The problem is when it wasn't a tenth of a second faster, it was three and a half or four seconds slower. Uh, yeah. So it's like, I mean, it's like, it wasn't, it was like, it was 50 fold failure point. Okay. Like I'm a tenth of a second faster. Now every 50 reloads, it makes up for the one that I screw up. And I'm like, I just, it was a piece of equipment. I understand it. And I'm not faulting it. I mean, if guys like it, run with it, man. Yeah. You roll, you roll. That level of for me, it was one of those things that I was like, I don't, it's too easy for it to become a failure point. So I stopped. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. So you're kind of like modular with your with your EDC. It's like yeah. you got your pocket items, your light, your gat, yeah. maybe an extra mag, depending mm-hmm. on what kind of party it is. Um, if and I, then your medical stuff's kind of in the mix. Is how I roll. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a backpack with like my. I, I can I get an extremist. Yeah, some pressure bandages and stuff like that. Like I can make some stuff up on the fly. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the main stuff I keep tourniquets and all that stuff. Okay, okay, and then. 
CCW, I know you do a lot of teaching about CCW. Mm -hmm. What would you say about kind of the mindset? Just CCW, if you're going to give like a quick CCW 101, what would you say? As far as application technique, what? Application. Okay, um, I, yes. I tell, tell, tell people, one, um, don't leave the house with a gun that you haven't practiced with, okay? And then let's back up one step before that. Don't put on a gun and practice with it unless you know you can use it for its intended application. Thank you. Like, can you, can you extinguish a human life that's threatening you with this handgun? If the answer is maybe, then the answer is no. <laughs> if the answer is no, then the answer is no. Yes or no. the answer is I probably, then the answer is no. So like, don't, you got to make up, you got to go to that scary place in your mind and go, I can do this. And once you've, once you've done that, this. Yeah. Then, then, then don't go out of the house with a gun you haven't practiced with. Once you're past that gate, yeah. okay, now what I tell them in class is avoid, evade, and defend. Okay. Like, avoid bad places, bad people. Just don't go there. Yeah. Just because I have a gun on me, you know. You know I'm walking in a black alleyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, there's, 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 there's a place downtown in Tucson that and like, it's a little, it gets a little Star Wars bar-ish. Yeah. And I was leaving uh, Tucson PD doing some work with them. It's like two in the morning. I'm dragging ass. I'm like, I'm going to stop and grab a big cup of big coffee with those little caffeine packets. You're supposed to take one a day for like five minutes. <laughs> oh, so I'm like, I'm dragging ass. It's like 45 minutes. I lived, I lived all the way up by the mountains. Yeah. And I start pulling. I saw all kinds of shady Star Wars bar characters and I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I don't need bad guys. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I don't need coffee that bad that I need yeah. to shoot my way out of there with it. Right, right. So right. Like, just because I, I like, I should be able to go there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but I can't. Like, yeah, like, you I'm not going to do a lot of stuff. So don't go places. Don't go places that you shouldn't go um, because you have a gun. Don't go. Well, I have a gun. I can go there. No, no, no. Don't do that. So avoid those places. Avoid, you know. Bad situations are bad people. Like you look around, like that dude looks a little off. Like, and trust yeah, your instincts. Yeah, like some 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 vagranty kind of street person. It's like you stay away from them. Instincts are huge. That vigilance. You know what right looks like. If you stop and go, what's up with that dude? There's a problem. Yeah. You may not recognize what the problem is yet, but you're you're recognizing. I don't know why that looks wrong, but it's not right. Right. And that immediately there's a book Gavin DeBecker called The Gift of Fear, and yeah. it's about that. It's about intuition. You look. And they had, there's a bunch of stories about it's most I think it's all women that were like abducted or stuff. And everyone was like, I knew something was wrong, but I, I disregarded it. Yeah. You look up and like, dude looks wrong. Like there's something that's not right. Yeah. I don't care what variation of wrong it is, it's wrong. And I'm watching. And I'm going to the other side. Yeah, of the side I'm, 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 I'm gonna bounce out of there. I don't yeah. want any of that. I don't yeah. need it. That's not my job. So like avoid, avoid things or 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 situations that look bad on their face or start to go bad. Evade as soon as you as soon as there's a problem, spray contact. You don't you don't need yeah. to put the freaking boots to somebody if you don't have to. It's going to give you all kinds of legal and financial trouble that you yeah. don't need. Yeah. Aside from however you're however you are prepared for it emotionally, some yeah. people are more emotionally prepared for it than others. But it's going to be a legal and financial financial issue if you didn't break contact and you got to put the freaking boots to somebody and you know outside of Chili's because they're screaming and yelling and whatever. Like yeah, you don't want to have to do this, man. So, Evade, get away, just go away. There's no shame in it, man. Yeah, I, I mean, you're wise. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to burn somebody in front of my family. Yeah. Like, I don't, that's not what I want to do. You just never know what's going to happen. You can be the most prepared cat in the world. There's a lot of chance in there, bro. You can still freaking, you were still losing dice, you still straight lose. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's still luck. dice. And then, oh, yeah, you're, you're more like you said, yeah. oh, house win, snake eye. Yeah, and any good warrior knows that. You yeah. know, you ain't, so, you're so not guaranteed a W, man. No, absolutely. And then the last, the last, avoid evade. And then defend. In the, if I can't avoid that, if I didn't avoid a bad place and I can't evade that that person, 
that incident, then I'm stuck. Then, then I have to defend. At that point, I've got to know what I'm doing. Right. I'm, I've retrograded. I've bounced back enough. I've got no place to go now. Now I have to fight you. If that's the case, I better be ready for that. Yeah, I better, okay. and that's where you train. That's that's not that's not you know fifty rounds every six months whether you need it or not. Get You're talking about something. That's, you're talking about practicing to defend your life and the lives of those in your charge, those people that are that you are that you are obligated to protect. Yeah. So, like, dude, be ready for it. It's not you don't you don't want to you don't want to be going like man. I, I wish I had I, I wish I had actually practiced. Not I practiced more. I had actually practiced. Yeah. Great from, from from stuff overseas, dude. From 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 over in, in Iraq, man. There was never a time that something dicey went down. That at the end of it, I wasn't like I was like, oh man, I had this. No. I was always like, damn, I should have done more. Yeah. That. yeah I was like, thank Whoa, God. Wow, I should have done like, more. Thank that God way. that went that way. Yeah. yeah. Like 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 we yeah. Or like, well, like, like damn, I should have done better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. Whoa, that, that that threw me off. Like, or just straight silence because you're thinking all this stuff. You're just yeah. sitting there like. Whoa. Staring out into the yeah, so you, you don't want to be that. So yeah. like, if you're going to take on the responsibility of being armed, mm-hmm. then then take on the responsibility yeah. of training for it. Yeah. yeah. So that's why avoid evade defend. When you get to that last step, you got no place else to go. Right. You you are you're you're your own cavalry riding to your rescue. So you yeah. better be ready for it, yeah. or, or it, ain't, it ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. And five O's coming to pick up the pieces. Exactly. Uh, your crime scene report. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're someone's creative writing while they want to get off of work. And hopefully not. Oh, but maybe. That's anyway. cool, but yeah. <laughs> it's true. You know, it, it has been. What would you say? Uh, weapon selection. How should a? How should someone approach? Because you know, we get the question. You get the question. Yeah. This is a good place to just answer the question. How would you tell a civilian to approach select a weapon? Well, first identify the, the requirement. What do I need to do to be able to do? It? Yeah. Like, what, what do I need? Like, is it a concealment gun? Is it a? Is it a? Um, sport gun is it yeah. both? Is it one gun that I can go to range and shoot, and I can shoot a USPSA or IDPA match? Or, yeah. Like, what do I want? Do I do I have a specific requirement? Mm. Um, do I have any specific abilities or disabilities that are going to that are going to require me to do certain things? I, yeah. I mean, I say that specifically because I, I got a friend who's, who's missing a hand. Okay. And um, he he was in a, actually a combine accident, but he's he only has one hand. Yeah. So he, he running a gun with two hands is hard. So his gun is set up so everything can rack off the sights. Okay. He's got the Dawson charger sights and he can rack, okay. it, rack it. Now he's got a red dot on his gun, but he's got to have a gun set up so that he can run it completely one-handed. There's a specific requirement. Yeah. So whatever your requirements are, identify what they are, yeah. what, the needs, what that gun needs to be able to do on its own and the application, which is going to say sizes and calibers and all that. Um, and then make sure when you pick a certain gun out, it's, it, it should fit your hand. When you pick it up, it should feel right in your hand. Feel right. There's it, a lot of, that, that, like, that's a real thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it isn't. What you'll do is you'll fidget with it. It'll always feel some variation of wrong. And you'll be you'll, moving it around. And yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And you'll never get comfortable with it. You'll never trust it. You'll never have a consistent grip because it never quite feels right. Yeah. Like I know some people that any gun out there that you pick, they just, it just doesn't feel right in my hand. Yeah. And they'll never shoot good with it because they're always fishing for the right grip and it's not there. Yeah. Wow. See, I'm glad I asked. So make so sure. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's the important. It's got to be, you know, um, first of all, like I say it's, it's got to be affordable. You have to be able to buy it. Like yeah. the greatest gun in the world you can't afford, eight years. Eight years. It's got yeah, you know, to be. It's got to be reliable uh-huh. and durable within the scope of your shooting. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna shoot a lot, you're gonna go to the range, you know, once a week and shoot it. That, that's that's something. That, yeah. Yeah, okay, got it. There's a lot of guns that'll do that. I'm one of those like, like I want a gun that's gonna shoot. You know, when I when I pull a gun out of the box, it's got to shoot. I pull it out of the box and I shoot a thousand rounds through it. 
Yeah. If I have any malfunctions in the first thousand rounds, right out of the box, I'm not happy. I'm going to be insecure about yeah. it forever now. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So that's that's my thing. I should yeah. case ammo for that gun. Mm-hmm. And once that's once that's proven that I can take it out of the box, no maintenance, no lubrication, nothing. Shoot thousand rounds. Yeah. It's good. Then I'll clean it up and I'll carry it. Um, it's got to be affordable, obviously, and affordable to feed. Like if yeah. you're if you're going to buy a gun with some boutique caliber that's expensive as hell, you ain't gonna practice with it because you can't afford it. Yeah. Um, it's got to be reliable durable and it's got to be appropriate to the task if you're going to carry it concealed you've got to actually be able to carry it concealed yeah like you, you might want to you might want a full-size <laughs> gun but yeah. yeah but it's like you might want a full-size gun because i shoot a you know i shoot a, a p10f or a you know a glock 34 or yeah. a long slide mp or a you know a friggin walter or a, or a sig or whatever i shoot this full-size gun better yeah, but you can't carry it. Yeah. Like it's this big ass gun. Like you're not going to, you're not going to be able to carry it comfortably. And so you won't carry it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell people, like, I would rather you have, like, I've seen you show up when I do a covert carry class. Yeah. Um, they'll show up with a, with a G34, with a, with a freaking X300 on and a red dot on it. I always I'm see like, those guys on Instagram. I'm like, that looks t- so uncomfortable. Yeah. Either you're like the skinniest guy in the world who can just like, I don't know, you got spots for that. Dude, right. that much of stuff in my pants yeah, is not okay with me. It's, it's, it's everything but the folding stock, bro. Yeah, good. if you can do it, get on. I love that. me, oh, it's no different than carrying Glock 19. Like, yes, no. it is. <laughs> yes, it is. You got like a whole can of, you got a five-hour energy hanging off Yo, the bottom of your gun, bro. Like, dude, like I put it on camera, like, you're telling me that's the same size? Well, it's pretty close. Like, no, no, it's dude. not. <laughs> no. This no, is where, no, you, no. you know, when you start looking at, 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 a, at a carry gun, if that's what yeah. you want, if you want it for that, Make sure that it's a size that you'll actually carry. Yeah. Like, don't get a full size. You don't want to deal with it. You yeah. You just go, oh man, it's a pain in the ass. That's yeah. why it's 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 one of those things for for gun selection. Make sure you can afford it. It's it's reliable. It's durable. It's accurate enough for the job. It doesn't have to be a super match gun, but it shouldn't be shooting a damn seven inch groups at twenty five yards. It's yeah. just a loose crappy barrel. And make sure that it is appropriate and it's in a size that you will actually carry if it's supposed to be a carry gun. Yeah. Okay. You, you got at a certain point if you don't. I would rather you carry a little three eighty. Because you and have it on, and have it on you, then have a really badass gun and you're safe at home. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, I, 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 I did that with the 1911. Yeah, I got Marine Corps. I was like, I'm about to carry me a 1911. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was running around in it. And then uh, I was like, man, this thing's kind of heavy. Right. <laughs> like, bullets in it. Yeah. I, mean, no. I, lo- I, lo- I love this 1911. Bro. Yeah. I, love, I mean, I, yeah. I can't tell you how many hundreds of thousands of rounds I got on. Mm-hmm. But Made 1911. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, and then it's not I, a modern handgun, right? They're great guns. And there's certain design features about them that make them like, like awesome. the sport gun. Like, there's the way the, the way the, the barrel link is, and there's some stuff that you, nothing shoots like quite like a 1911. Yeah, this is true. But as far as a, a com- combative handgun, dude, yeah. when I was in Iraq, I had a Glock 19 with an Arredondo floor plate on it. Uh-huh. I had 20 plus one in Glock 19. I had 21 rounds in that gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah everybody's exactly. getting shot. Everybody's getting shot twice. <laughs> Yeah, no, man, and I, yeah, I remember being like, and then I ended up throwing my Glock on, and I was like, ooh, well, ooh, yeah, and then, you know, two max in one. Yeah, you hear the guys over there like, well, you know, you you don't look like a Tupperware gun guy. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this Tupperware is kind of all right with me. Yeah, you know? it's like it's got a ton of bullets in it. Uh huh. And now yeah. I'm digging my CV, P10C hybrid, and all that stuff. Man, oh, this yeah, is yeah. where it's at for me right now. Boom! Check it out, guys. You've been listening to the first half of a two-part episode. We got after it, and I just thought it was best if I clipped this one into two parts. So stay tuned and come back and check us out. 
I may drop it next week or I may drop it after a little bit. So just stay in the loop and we'll get you the second half of this awesome interview out. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. $1 a month. $5 a month, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use? Put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for making those contributions. You guys rock. We're already doing amazing there, and it's just because of you guys. So thanks once again for those contributions. Boom. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. This whole entire thing actually just started off as a Facebook group that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation. Com, and I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.